The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ball sends it over to Edward Robles. Go and surname FC. What is up, everybody? My name is Hector Flores, host of the Insert Name FC podcast, a member of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Also, you can find us on all things podcasting, Spotify, Apple, whatever you guys look for your podcasting needs, we're there. And of course, the other places you can check us out at Goals TV. What is Goals TV? Goals TV is the Hulu of soccer content. It is a wide variety of all things soccer content created, independent soccer content. Um, so you guys want to go ahead and check it out. Check out goals, G-O-L-Z dot TV, and uh, you'll see, you'll find us there as well. But if you guys are finding us through there, through Goals TV, through podcasting sites, or you're following us on YouTube, check us out, subscribe. Uh, we'll another avenue of where you can catch us, uh, catch these episodes. But Joining me, well, Edward's not available. Um, obviously, if you guys know, we record these on Mondays, and it's the end of the month uh, at Edward's job, so he has to do uh, good old inventory. So he is not available to record this episode. Um, and also, plus, it's you know Halloween's around the corner. He's a he's a father of twin boys, so it was you know just a decision that you know we we also put that in, I also put that into consideration, but obviously. With his job, he's just not going to be able to make it in time to record. Or if he is, he's just going to be very much drained. Um, and probably me because it'll probably be pretty late once we start recording. But we did find someone to step in and take his spot. No, it's not Kelsey. I mean, be on the lookout. We'll definitely try to bring Kelsey back for an episode as well. Um, but we actually went, speaking of goals TV, Jose Tejas, he, you, you heard him last week when we were previewing the MLS Cup. Well, now he's back for an episode. So he'll be stepping in for Edward being a very crucial super sub for today. So um, that is also what's going to happen in this episode, guys. We're going to have our overreactions. Uh, be ready for that. It's going to be a really some really good overreactions on that one. Um, headlines. We're going to be talking about Lionel Messi, not about the Ballon d'Or, which, by the way, congratulations to Lionel Messi for winning the Ballon d'Or. Um, if you guys want to know, when we were recording this, Messi did not, it wasn't announced till later on during the recording that Messi won his eighth Ballon d'Or. So just so you guys have a, an idea as to why we're not saying that he's officially won it or not yet, um, is because at the, we recorded, I recorded this prior uh, to doing this introduction. But we are going to talk about an award that Messi is up for, not just the Ballon d'Or. Uh, we're going to share our opinions on the new MLS playoff format. Um, obviously, me and Jose weren't really able to share our complete thoughts on the uh, the new playoff format because of obviously timing. Uh, this last episode would have been significantly longer than it already was. 
so I didn't want to put that on anybody. My hair is a mess. Um, so we'll talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about the Italian betting scandal. Uh, it's a big, a big scandal that has been happening. Uh, some suspensions have been announced, so we'll definitely touch up on that as well. Um, and then we're also going to talk about a controversial take that was given by one Josie Altador about the 2014 U.S. Men's National Team being better than the current U.S. Men's National Team. Um, so we'll we'll definitely battle out that topic and announce our players of the week. Um, Jose, being featured on this episode, of course, he's going to get his very own player of the week nomination and give you guys some games to look forward to this weekend. Some big, big games are coming this weekend, so make sure you guys uh, check it out um, and wrap this show up. Um, this is it. So I'm I'm also closing the episode. So uh so no no three up no three down no three up three down no no five aside draft um no random reading from Reddit. So maybe I'll do a a closing thought on something that I just want to talk about, and um and then we'll go from there. But yeah, so that's really much else. That's really pretty much it. Um so like I said, uh get ready because it's a great episode. Uh, I think just a great great episode with Jose Jose. Um, very knowledgeable, really awesome person to talk to. Always a joy to have him on. So definitely great. Hopefully we can do more episodes with him definitely in, in the future. Um, and also check out Gold TV, man. It's a great, great avenue. So we're going to go ahead and take a break and then we'll get right into this episode. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from No Credentials Required to talk to you about one of our newest partners at Billy Up Sports, SeatGeek. Yeah, live sports is great on television, but the feeling of being at the arena is a priceless experience. That's why our friends at SeatGeek are there to help you find the best tickets at the best prices. Not only can you get tickets to sporting events, we can also get tickets to concerts, comedy shows, musicals, and more. Search for your desired event now at SeatGeek.com, enter promo code BELLYUPSPORTS at checkout, and you save 20 bucks off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. All right, we're back. Make sure you guys follow Insert Name FC on Instagram and Twitter, but now known as X. I'm, the, I'm still getting used to that. Um, <laughs> at Insert Name FC, man. So you guys know what we're doing. And of course, man, uh, obviously we're going to share everything that's coming out of Goals TV, which thank you, Jose, for, for coming in and being our, our super sub this week for, for Edward. Hell yeah, bro. And I'm excited, man. Uh, this is one of the few shows that I tune into uh, regularly that covers the whole weekend of footy. There was so much action this past weekend, bro. So I'm I'm locked in, man. I feel like uh, I was on the couch all weekend, respectfully so, and I'm, I'm here to talk about it. Yeah. All right. You, you mentioned the over the weekend, so we always start things out with overreactions. Being that this is your first time doing an Insert Name FC episode, I'll let you do, do, do the honors of being the first one to have an overreaction. Yeah, I, 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 so this overreaction, I think, is for – you may not like this, Hector. That's okay. Um, I think this overreaction really is for bro, I, the, the entire FC Barcelona fan base, okay? I need everybody to calm down, okay? We lost to Madrid this past week. If you turn to El Clasico, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We lost it in the most Barcelona way possible, right? A final goal in stoppage time through the legs of Ter Stegen. Jude Bellingham got was the one who got it, and of course, he's in rampant form right now. But I want everybody who's a Barcelona fan to just relax, calm down, okay? Because what I've seen this past weekend, it, this isn't my overreaction. This is our fan base's overreaction. I think everyone's crumbling like the world is ending. And, bro, we're, we're at the end of October, right? There's so much season left to be played. 
I'm not saying, you know, Barca is going to come back in the next El Clasico and, and, you know, wipe the floor with Madrid. I'm not saying that the Supercopa isn't going to be, uh, or is going to automatically go in Barcelona's favor, but guys, relax, right? The, the manner in which we lost, the fact that we didn't have Pedri, Frankie de Jong, Lewandowski didn't start, a lot of things that didn't go our way. I still think Barcelona played extremely well, considering that we were nothing but youngsters. Bro, I just need the fan base on Twitter to calm down, man. Shit gets crazy out there. We have fans turning on each other right now. If you if you pay attention to anything regarding El Clasico on Twitter this past weekend or on X, as Hector said, it's it's easy to get lost in the sauce, man. But just just relax. There's so much season to be played. If the season ended at the end of October, Spurs would already be Premier League champions, which we already know they're not going to be. They're going to find a way to bottle it. They always do. So, listen, man, Barcelona fan base, as reactive as we are typically, calma. All right, everybody calm down. We've got a lot of game left to play, a lot of season left to play. That's a good point. I mean, uh, it's still as a as a Real Madrid fan, um, I will say that was probably the most overwhelming. Uh, for, I'm I'm I, I'm just not sold. I'm not sold in the four four two diamond. You you can't pay me. Maybe you can. <laughs> uh, you can't pay me to believe in this system. It, it there's no way that this fits. To, I understand that we're loaded at midfield, and I that's I get that's the reason why the four four two diamond is even remotely an option. But uh, Vinicius, who do you take out then? If, if you remove the four four two, who do you take out? God, don't, don't don't do this to me. It's like it's like picking my favorite child. I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Uh, but yeah, I also bro, get so. it because we do have Jose Lu at forward. So that's what I'm saying, man. Like I, I don't, I just, I kind of see Ancelotti's point. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I, I see it as well. Or we just move, fuck it, move Jude Bellingham. He's officially the number nine, wearing five. So, <laughs> you should. I think I don't know, man. Like this guy's what was he got thirteen goals in all competitions uh mm-hmm. across 13 matches averaging a goal per game i don't even want to tally all the goal contributions it's probably like close to 20 by now i mean look form is temporary right um i think everybody knows this ask united fans how they felt how they feel now versus how they felt with rashford last season um form is always temporary right at some point he's going to come back down but i do think he's probably the most skilled guy you guys have up top man i the four three three needs to come back at some point. Maybe you guys sign someone in January and it all changes. Who knows? And the next El Clasico will be dramatically different. Um, I know from our standpoint, we only change our formation for Real Madrid. We don't change it for anybody else, uh, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, man. We'll see. Um, I wasn't thrilled with how some of the youngsters play. I think we played pretty good considering that it was Madrid. But uh, I think the next game is probably going to look dramatically different on both sides. So look, man, Madrid fans, if you're, if you're you know, stomping your feet like you won the title already, Again, calma, right? Relax. It's 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 not done. We're in October. There's so much season left to be played. If you're already celebrating, you may not have been a football fan or soccer fan for for, for that long. Yeah, I, I totally agree to that. Um, I also got attacked on on X because I look. Did Rudiger play a great game? He did defensively, but I need him to calm down with these outside the box shots. That's literally the reaction <laughs> of my tweet. Was I was like, leave. I literally tweeted, leave Rudiger in Barcelona because. I I don't, I don't know how many times he ruins these attacking possessions where he's just like, fuck it, let me go say, you know what, one day I'm going to eat my words and he finally does make it and I'm going to be banger. like, bro, that was a banger. Yep. But right now, it's just like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Hey, bro, I'll take it. Now, now, maybe he thinks he's Jude, right? Everyone saw Jude's fucking banger from however many yards out it really was this weekend. And I still think that Terstegen should have should have gotten a fucking, I mean, he got a hand on it, right? So he still, he still should have saved it, in my opinion. We'll talk about that later. But, bro, I mean, look, Rudiger did it at Chelsea. Maybe he thinks at Madrid he can kind of do the same thing. He kind of had free reign to do whatever he wanted at center back at Chelsea. So 
I don't know, man. I mean, he's getting picked uh, a lot right now. Militao is also out, so that probably helps. He's getting picked a lot right now, man. You probably get used to it as a Madrid fan, bro. He he wants a goal. He'll probably get a few before the season's over. Yeah, I, I believe it once again. But uh, so, but yeah, so that's a that's a pretty good overreaction, I think. Yeah, this unless you're Edward right now, this this was not his weekend, uh, especially if, if you're looking at our singing bed table. Um, Edward Edward's down bad right now, really bad, because <laughs> um, not only is he a Bar- he's actually a true Barca fan. But uh, the club that that he that's representing him from the English Premier League is Manchester United, and uh, that's my, that's where my overreaction is going to. And oh man, I, I never get, thought get I would have. Help. I never thought I was going to say these words, at least not this early in the season. But I don't think I don't think Ten Hag's the guy. <laughs> Bro, I don't I, think he's the guy. I, I I had an argument about this in Twitter DMs earlier today. So crazy. Uh, so I don't want I don't want to cut you off. So tell me your reason, and I'll let you know if that's really an overreaction or not. Oh, I mean, it's definitely an overreaction, but <laughs> I, I think it all goes back to like, and obviously the prophet Zlatan Ibrahimovic on his interview with Piers Morgan, uh, you know, he was talking about that. The, and he believes Ten Hag is a good guy. I think Ten, I think Ten Hag is definitely a, a good quality manager, but the thing is he got thrown in into the fires. Then like, I'm not saying Manchester United is a worse situation than Chelsea, but it's definitely up there. And you, one, you got a very exhausted fan base that, just wants to watch old VHSs, not not DVDs, old VHSs of 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 Manchester United of old. Uh, I mean, you can maybe see the DVD bundles, but but obviously the, the the fan base is just frustrated. They keep trying to point out one thing over another. They still want, they still hate the Glazers for some odd reason. Um, I, I I I they made me defend the Glazers. I don't even know why I defended the Glazers, <laughs> but I defended the Glazers. I'm like at least they're buying people, but uh. Not good people, but they're buying them. Uh, so I mean, I, I like I don't I don't necessarily blame the Glazers, but they I mean for their sanctity, I think they should sell the club. Um, but but uh, yeah, I, like, and I think the situation is, and I can't agree with what Satan was saying was like the thing is is Ten Hag has never had to deal with stars. Like he's in Ajax, it's a whole different story. Which I mean, good God, Ajax. Uh, yeah, but, seriously, but. You know, he was able to develop guys. Ajax is different because they don't go get stars. They they built, they make them, and uh, and I think have I think unfortunately the signings this season, besides I mean Lissandro Martinez, which is a guy that I, I'm still gonna price to the end of the day, but like everyone else hasn't really panned out. Onana finally had a, a decent performance, not not against Man City, but definitely starting to look like the guy I was hyping up for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just the guys that they have been signing are not panning out. Casemiro apparently wants out already. Um, it, it's and then also I don't know. Uh, this is old man uh, yells at cloud moment, but I don't think Bruno Fernandez should be your captain. Um, Facts. <laughs> but Facts. yeah, I, I think right now it's just it's a it's a hectic situation. The Jane Sancho situation is basically over. Like he's he's leaving come January. I, I feel that very confidently. Uh, Marcus Rashford. I don't know what the fuck happened to him. Uh, it, it this this team is not looking good. I I don't want to blame it all on the manager. I think it's a I just think it's a locker room issue. Like these guys just don't give a shit is what I'm looking at it. And I don't want to be that dumb fan that says they pay we pay your salary or all that bullshit. But <laughs> like they're not hungry. Yeah. Like they're just not hungry. Like I haven't seen like I don't I don't I don't have really have issues with the tactics. I think the formations are fine. The player selections are fine. But. I mean, your most recent uh, one of our only player of the weeks from Manchester United was Scott McTominay. I mean, like that's got to at least sink in at some point. 
like I miss Fred. <laughs> that's crazy. That's that's like I and never. I'm not even I'd a Manchester that. United fan, obviously. <laughs> but like it, this, like I, I, it's like I, th- and I think kind of the same thing. Like I said for the Glazers, like for j- just for their own sanctity, just sell the club and just move on from it. And I think just for the sake of of Ten Hag, because I mean I still think he's a good manager. I think he has the potential to be a top manager in the world of football but like Manchester United is definitely not a great situation I I don't think so I think it's right up there with Chelsea that is probably not the ideal place you want to go play for work for or play for uh at least right now there's a lot of things that needs to be fixed in that club and and it doesn't really I think kind of similar to what I complained about El Salvador like it doesn't matter who you bring in as coach until you fix the foundation of of your club this isn't going anywhere so I I think but I think with the frustration of the fans the criticism that comes with being a Manchester United player, coach, owner, whatever, you're going to be criticized heavily every single day un- until you leave that club. So I think, uh, yeah, I-, I think this is it for Ten Hag. Yeah, bro. I mean, you said a lot of good things there. I think there's – so here, here's – I know we, we we call this no reaction for the show, right? But I'll be honest, bro. I I actually don't really see this as a massive overreaction. I think, look, we're two months into the new season, but technically he's been here for well over a year now. And in terms of being at United, and I don't know, man, I think he probably is a fantastic manager. I I believe, I say probably, right? Because we only have two bases for reference. We have his time with Ajax, and then we have his time in the massive leap that he made to Manchester United. I think, I think certain... I think there's a manager for every type of club out there, right? I think just because you understand how to, to get the best out of a a quote-unquote smaller team or less visible club or, you know, in a less competitive league, whatever it may be, I think just because you understand how to win at that level doesn't necessarily mean you know how to make that jump into the most competitive league in the world and really not just win matches, but sustain a level of success that gets anywhere close to what Fergie was was doing with Manchester United until 2013. I think yes, do, the, do they have foundational issues that and cracks that lead all the way up to the club ownership? Of course, right? But like you said, the club and the owners are still granting funds for transfers and letting Ten Hag pick and choose who comes into this club to represent the heavy badge that is Manchester United and try to create some change. And here's the thing, bro. You give any other manager, Arteta, Pep, Unai Emery, Eddie Howe, doesn't matter, right? Give them their first eight to 10 signings. And I guarantee that each one of those managers that I just mentioned will find a way to positively impact their club, their team, what they look like on the pitch, and most importantly, to have their identity come out. To, to hear Ten Hag as early as like, I saw, I saw it this morning, it could have been over the weekend or right after the city game and the press conferences, to hear him answer a reporter who was asking about whether or not, you know, they would ever be able to replicate the style of play that he had at Ajax. And he said, we'll never play the way we played at Ajax because I don't have the personnel to do it. Like to just automatically rule that out. It's like, well, why did United even invest in this manager? Mm-hmm. Right. Why did, why did they even go to this length to grab him? Because frankly, all he's done up to this point so far, he, he, he steered the ship, you know, kind of course corrected a little bit last season. Um, got them to top four. They won, you know, a domestic trophy, the Carabao Cup. That's great. You know, I mean, I don't really rate the trophy that that high. It's kind of a Mickey Mouse Cup to me. But at the same time, right, like it's a trophy. It's positive. Great. 
to do that and then to go out and spend the way they spent. You spent Onana's a, a good keeper. I'm not saying he's not, but I've had very public arguments about this, both on Twitter and in other videos that I've done with other creators. And it's like the defense for Onana is unreal. I I I, I think that that's fine. He came out of Barca's Academy. I like him at least a little bit. I think he's quality, but for 50 million. For 50 million, you you could have bought a lot, right? Keepers historically don't cost that much. De- and, and now we're hearing rumors that you know De Gea may get brought back in on a short-term deal to, to kind of backfill in case Onana heads off to Af- AFCON, right? So there's there's already that. They could have they could have honestly started the season that way. If you go look at the stats from last season with De Gea, his first two months in the league, and how Onana looks today, they're very, very comparable. So not even a massive step up in the quality of keeper, at least when it comes to results. You could have kept De Gea. It would have been a free deal, no transfer dollars spent. You, you you go ahead and just kind of lock him down to a short-term deal and take that money and go out and plug the holes, the very real holes that you have, not only on the bench, but in your starting lineup. Right now, of any big club, right, the, the big seven, whatever it may be, of any one of those clubs, Manchester United is the only club that I can say does not have a bench. They don't. Like not even close. Like I, I can't think of a single impact player that comes off that bench. People will scream McTominay because he against Brentford a couple weeks ago. He, you know, he netted those two crazy goals in stoppage time. He's not doing that every week. He's just not. If he was, Ten Hag would be starting that man regularly over Casemiro. Mm-hmm. But he's not, right? He's not going to do that every week. All Ten Hag has really done up to this point is go out, buy stop gaps, right? like Christian Eriksen, like Casemiro, spend a lot on those stop gaps to really only perform for one year because this season they haven't been that great. I have no idea what identity he's trying to build on the pitch. Uh, and, and and if anything, it's not even close to what it was at Ajax. Uh, he can't assess talent that well. He obviously can't bring the best out of the current talent he has. That's why we're seeing the situation that we see with Jaden Sancho. I heard him talk uh, a little ill will towards Rafael Varane because of uh, to justify the selection he had for the city match this past weekend. Um, you know, he was he it was weird logic around why he 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 didn't start him. Um, but I, I don't I don't know why he's making any of that public to me. He's showing his flaws in terms of his on the pitch management and then his behind the scenes man management. I think if this is what the Glazers knew they were getting. They would have kept Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. I think, for, like, like in all honesty, he got a second place finish with those same players plus Ronaldo, right? So, you know, I don't know, man. It, it could be a player issue. It could be foundational cracks that lead to the ownership of the club. But no matter what, Ten Hag has had a lot of say in terms of the transfer process, the the strategy there, how it plays into where they want to be. And United is so far away from where they want to be. I don't think this is a, a massive overreaction. I think. If he doesn't get some positive results soon, and I'm not talking about a saved penalty kick against FC Copenhagen. That's, I mean, that's cool, bro. That's whatever. That's a tiny speck in comparison to Manchester United. You need real, real Premier League results on the pitch. And then, yeah, hopefully, if they, if it's possible, advancing to the next round of the Champions League, which I don't think will be possible. Um, but we'll see, right? I've been proven wrong before. But yeah, man, I, I think Ten Hag has a lot to answer for because I don't think it's just a transfer thing. There's, there's the, the holes are a lot deeper than that. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think uh, it's 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 there's a lot of lot of big things going on in Manchester United, and I think one of the, also the other things is that they just need to move on from Sir Alex Ferguson. Like no one's gonna be Sir Alex Ferguson. Like that was a once in a lifetime coach. Um, uh, it's it's hard to even get another one. So I mean, yeah. like, uh, I think that's the other thing that the club thinks. Oh, this worked for him. It's like it's it, you gotta evolve. You just have to evolve. Um, uh, 
just point blank. But I agree, man, wholeheartedly. That is the overreaction. So we're going right into the headlines. And for the first headline of the of this episode, we're going to talk about Lionel Messi, who is up for an award besides the Ballon d'Or. Um, but it's a very controversial nomination because obviously there's a lot of MLS fans that are getting a little bit tired of the Messi glazing. Um, I'm one of those people. Back. But and it's not because I'm a messy hater by any means. I mean, the guy tortured me for so long. Uh, but as a as a Real Madrid fan. But aside from that, I mean, the man is truly just a once in a lifetime player. That's just what he is. There's not just like I always said, there's never going to be another Slack person. There's never going to be another Messi. Yeah. And um, but obviously MLS, like as soon as Messi stepped foot in South Beach, MLS has been just nothing but a financial. I don't even know what's the word. I mean, a, a financial renaissance for them now because the the increase of viewership through through Apple TV, the the jersey sales. Uh, everyone wants to get that pink Messi jersey. I mean, yeah, Jose's I got, got one. one. Yeah, I got one. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so like, obviously, Messi mania is still in full effect. They win the league's cup. Say what you want about the tournament, but they won the they won the league's cup. Uh, they were hoping that maybe he was going to go in and 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 get them into the playoffs. If you ask me, thank God, because I don't have to give away a jersey now. Uh, <laughs> even though I'm sure I'll find some new jersey bet to make. Uh, but but yeah, so MLS has announced their awards for the end of the year awards. Um, you know, names that you expected. Some people are mad. Some people are happy. Uh, if you're if you're a Stephen Fry fan, you probably are very pissed off. Um, if you're a Steve Clark fan, you're probably very pissed off. Facts. <laughs> uh, but aside from that, obviously MLS is going to do what MLS does. Uh, but there's one award that they have that's called MLS Newcomer of the Year, which is awarded to a player that obviously is new to the MLS. And a guy that's only played six league matches is up there. And, of course, meet Leona Messi is up for MLS Newcomer of the Year. Is he going to win it? Probably not, uh, especially with the guys that's with him, which Yako uh, Makis from Atlanta United, who, I mean, a lot of people have said a lot of nice things about him. If you guys uh, saw Wake Up MLS, uh, there there were some good talks about him. Um, and then <laughs> Edward Lowen from St. Louis City. I mean, since the guy went to St. Louis, the guy's been tearing it. Don't don't watch their last yes, game. I prior, I say prior to last night. Prior to last besides, night, that was... besides what happened last night. I mean, he's <laughs> he's been very crucial for for St. Louis SC. Uh, but obviously, the way that they that they pick these uh, finalists for the awards, it's a vote amongst MLS players, staff members, and of course the good old reliable media. Um, but, but yeah, man, Jose, what do you, what do you have to say about Lionel Messi being up for MLS newcomer of the year? Is there another newcomer that you would have maybe thrown over him? I don't know about another newcomer. I mean, if I'm being biased, which I, I always am, if you do watch wake up MLS, I, I would say, um, if I had to throw somebody's hat name in the hat and look, if you compare his, his, uh, like his body of work to guys like Lowen, guys like, I mean, Yako Makis has been unreal this season. And when we played against Atlanta, Dude, I mean that the equalizer goal that they that they got to make it two two um, was. I mean, I, I I thought he had no I there was no chance in hell he was going to win that header and he did. It's crazy athletic. Um, but with all that said, the guy that I would pick simply because his story is unreal. He is an FC Dallas player. Um, nobody knew his name before the season started. Now I think he's finishing the regular season with the highest goals per minutes ratio in the in the MLS, and that's Bernie Camungo. Um, that's someone that I thought newcomer of the year. I mean, 
dude, a few years back, the man wasn't even playing. He's a Tanzanian refugee. Um, he worked his way up through the MLS Next Pro System with North Texas SC and is now doing it with um, with FC Dallas. And then, you know, on decision day, we needed him the most. I mean, clutching up with two goals uh, to send us into the postseason. I think, uh, you know, what he's done in moments, especially without Jesus Ferreira, who I don't know how people are aware of this. Most people don't know because they don't follow Dallas regularly. But I think we're the this is probably the, we're probably the only club with this stat. We have a player, Jesus Ferreira, who we are very, I would say, almost solely reliant upon. There's a stat out there that says that in games where he scores, we are undefeated. And in games where he doesn't, we have yet to notch a victory. So let that shit sink in, right? Like, it's not that when he doesn't play, you know, when he when he didn't play those those games in the middle of the season due to League's Cup and to the Gold Cup um, uh, call-ups, we were still drawing matches. We have 13 draws this season, um, but we weren't winning. You know what I mean? Because he wasn't there. So the fact that Camugo came in and decided in a season where Velasco has not been himself, Ariola has looked like dog shit. Um, he's come in as a no-name attacker and kind of reestablished um, a little bit of attacking prowess outside of Jesus Ferreira for FC Dallas. So I would personally throw his name up there, but a lot of people don't know who that is, and that's okay. The whole messy thing now, bro. Listen, you mentioned Messi torturing you as a Madrid fan. I'm the exact opposite, right? I'm a Barca fan. 20-plus years watching this guy play for my club. Bro, I there have been so many joyful tears shed over moments he's given us. Of course, when he came to MLS, I was fully locked in on him being here. So excited that he's here. I have a, I have every Messi, I have a, a Messi kit for every club he's ever played for, right? Barca, PSG. I, I can't stand PSG, but I have it. And Inter-Miami. Um, with all of that said, this guy should not be fucking winning the award. He should not. There's no way in hell. If we give Lionel Messi, after six matches played, the Newcomer of the Year award, it devalues any other new player that's coming into Major League Soccer. Period. Point blank stop. We, we, if we really are going to take this league seriously, it's players seriously, and as the league grows, we're hoping to attract more players from overseas, but I'm hoping that we specifically go after players in South America, things like that. If we want any of those future classes of awards to have meaning, you will not give Lionel Messi the Newcomer of the Year award, right? If anything, almost all of his body of work is in League's Cup. Very, very little of it is actually Major League Soccer. I think the only way he could have realistically won this award is that Inter-Miami would have made playoffs. If they would have made playoffs, I don't think there's any way to avoid it, right? It's like today, right? They're announcing the, 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 the Ballon d'Or probably as we speak. And he's going to win it because he won the single craziest trophy you could ever win as a footballer, as a soccer player, the World Cup. But if he hadn't done that, he wouldn't be anywhere near the conversation. And I think that we need to approach this conversation the exact same way. He didn't make playoffs. Miami still bowed out earlier than almost every other team in MLS. He got them a League's Cup trophy, separate competition. Got them to a U.S. Open Cup final, separate competition. If it's MLS specific, we should do the right thing, and he should not win this award. Yeah, I I agree a thousand percent. I don't. I I mean, I understand what what the allure is with Messi. Trust me. Like even even though I got tortured by Messi for twenty plus years, I mean, I still respect the hell out of the man. Yeah, literally, I'm literally Vince Vaughn from from Anchorman. God, <laughs> I hate you, but man, do I respect you. Yeah, um, seriously. Uh, but but yeah, I mean, I think obviously me being biased, I would say bossy. Uh, but dude's just total vibes. But. <laughs> And but, you saw him last night too, man. Boy came up clutch in the final minutes against the uh, in the first match against Real Salt Lake. He has no idea why he does the the Archer celebration, but he doesn't. Uh, 
but but yeah, I mean, no, but I mean, I I just don't. I mean, with the guy, the names right next to Messi, I think it's gonna be, especially how these guys have impacted their teams. I think it's very difficult to say that, like, especially because both these teams are in the playoffs. Yeah. Um. So I think that it's it's a little bit harder for Messi. I don't think he's gonna win. I think they gave they that it's one of those things that he's like ah we kind of have to um kind of thing because he, he's not gonna win MVP like he, he he's just not the guy for MVP. But uh, I I guess once again like this is probably just for more people towards that are just kind of exhausted of the Messi glazing. And if you're if you feel that way, then uh get ready for the the Messi documentary that's coming. <laughs> I think it's already out now. <laughs> it is already out now. Yeah, yeah. I, I have got to check it out since things have just been crazy. But um, yeah, bro. I mean, I'm gonna see it. And look, trust me, man. For anybody who's already sick of the, as Hector said, right, sick of the messy glazing, be ready for more. Be ready for more. I, I'm telling you, bro. Like, if you invest this much, and I, I and I say this much, right? They invested a percentage of of subscription revenue for Apple TV. There's probably some other things under the table from Apple TV that we don't even realize. I'm sure there's season ticket package revenue shares that he's probably looking at too. A ton of media-based revenue from the league. When you invest that much money into one player, bro, you're going to squeeze that orange for every drop of juice you could possibly get out of it. Like, you just will, right? This is probably not even the only documentary that's going to come out with Messi being here. Um, on top of that, I mean, bro, I, I can imagine off-season appearances, things like that. The dude's going to be the face of Major League Soccer until he exits and moves on to his next adventure. So, you know, and, and that includes these awards, bro. Him coming in and like like his name being mentioned in in, a, in awards in award categories that just seem a little weird. They're going to find ways to throw his name in there constantly because the more that Messi is seen in a positive light, the more that Major League Soccer is seen in a positive light. It's the same reason that Saudi and the, the Saudi Pro League is doing what they're doing. They're bringing all these very high-profile, likable players to that part of the world so that the league and the country can be viewed a little bit differently. So people call that sports washing. I don't I don't want to get into the politics of all that. I just think that, you know, when you invest that much into something, you're going to try and get every possible return on your investment that you possibly can. And this is this is just the first sign of it. There's a lot more to come. Yeah, I can't wait for the documentary series that covers his uh his security guard. <laughs> that's gonna. There's bro, people the that dressed up the... as him. They dressed yeah, up bro. as him for Halloween. So that's. <laughs> yeah. a... I almost thought about it. I just don't have the muscle mass. Bro, but... you should have. You should have, bro. It would have been funny. Um, and also that you not to mention that he's bald. But I, I, I'll say like uh, yeah, bro. I, I've already seen some costumes. Tomorrow's Halloween. I I kind of wish I live in like a a slightly bigger soccer market to see how many of those costumes I see this year. Yeah, that would, that's definitely going to be hilarious. Yeah, uh, but moving on to the next headline, also kind of sticking with the MLS, we didn't really touch up on our actual thoughts on the uh, new MLS playoff format. We did mention <sighs> the way the format is, yeah, uh, but we never really shared our opinions on it. And I thought it was just because that episode was, was already almost three hours, didn't want to make it four hours for you guys. Um, but yeah, the new MLS playoff format, there's already been some players uh, being critical about it. Uh, Dan Lovitz of Nashville was one of those guys that spoke out on on, on the MLS format. But if you guys don't remember, um, the the new the new features of the MLS playoffs was now that they're going to feature nine teams, depending on how you feel about that eighth and ninth spot. But they would have to compete in a one off wild card game to decide who plays the first seed in the first round, where there is a best of three series. Um, I guess they decide, hey, it works in baseball. Why not do it here? Um, so, so yeah, so that's that's a thing going on. So right now, the first round of games are about to be done. And then obviously this coming weekend we'll have the second round, uh, the yeah. game twos, I guess I guess to say, uh, but but yeah, um, 
I'm gonna let Jose go first on this one, but uh, what do you yeah. have to say of the the, the new format, <laughs> bro? We, we look like yeah, I don't want to be too jaded here, right? You, see, you know, people see a lot of toxic talk about this format on Twitter. I I'm gonna try and be like brief and not go on a 20 minute rant here. I think um, with the we got the first look at the new MLS playoff format that you know this past weekend, right? If anybody watched into the first you know MLS round one matches. We, we got a first glimpse of it. And it's, it's only game one. So I will preface all of what I'm about to say with that fact. But here's the thing. We had how many interesting scoring lines, right? I, uh, we had Houston and Real Salt Lake go 2-1. We had Sporting Kansas City and uh, and St. Louis go 4-1. We had Vancouver and LAFC go 5-2. Uh, we had a 3 nothing from Cincy and the Red Bulls. Um, there's a lot of really interesting you know, matches that have already been played with pretty decently high scoring lines. Here's what MLS took away from the previous format. The score doesn't matter anymore. It just doesn't. And that can be looked at positively and negatively. I'll, I'll stick with the negative first and then go back to the positive. The negative is that, look, no matter how bad St. Louis got beat last night against Sporting Kansas City 4-1 in their own stadium, by the way, which talk about overreaction if anybody should be reacting right now it should be st louis fans i saw a lot of shit talk on the timeline before that game um 4-1 at home the thing is like in an aggregate model which you know most of soccer around the world is played in, in knockout matches right you get a home match for one club a home match for the opponent and the aggregate scores determines who goes next thank god we've done away with the away goals rule I, I like it for some european matches but i do also agree that like it should just be point blank aggregate score um and and you should be rewarded for all the work you put into previous matches and there's an incentive to keep running up the score in that way now it's like baseball right you know the texas rangers got beaten game two of the world series nine to one and that shit don't matter you know they're gonna go on to the next game and it doesn't really uh, impact um the, the following game in any way shape or form and that can be seen as a good thing like if you're if you're a st louis fan it's like, all right, well, it doesn't matter what the score was. We lost. You hit a hard reset. I would say even in game, you can take a lot more risk because there's no fear of getting scored on more, right? It's like in your mind, mentally, it's like, boys, we already lost this game. Now let's just attack everything. Let's throw everybody forward, try to claw our way back into this game. I was personally surprised watching St. Louis last night that we didn't get more of that, right? Like I was expecting them to throw the kitchen sink at them. Once it was 3-1, actually. I was thinking, I mean, boys, you're down by two goals. There is no aggregate score. There's no fear of getting scored on more. Just just throw everything you have. Try to win the first home game. And, and that way, you know, you if you don't wrap it up in Kansas City, you can come back for an ultimate showdown at your home field. Now, a game on the road becomes very, very crucial for them. But this format is just, it takes something very valuable away from the, the broader scheme of this. That's my first gripe. The second one is what the hell is this spacing right how many days do we go by now before we get the second round of matchups i don't know i mean granted there's there's some days now in between where we get other teams to play but as the format continues to wind down into the conference semifinals into the final like that spacing between games it's like it's hard to stay excited about the playoffs especially if you're one of those casual fans who was brought in you know by messi so to speak right one of those people who just started tuning into major league soccer for the first time this year Bro, like, 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 with how many days you have in between, we need matches. We need games. I know we're at the tail end of this season, but if if the whole logic around adding a best of three was so that we could have more games for the fans to enjoy, 
MLS, you're fucking doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. You you need to find a better way of doing this. I'm hoping this is a one and done. I'm hoping this is the only year that we have to entertain this model. I hope they're they're learning a lot and listening to the community and the fans with you know some of the gripes that we have about this system. The format is not the most terrible thing in the world, but it can be dramatically improved. And I the 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 thing I just don't understand is how logistically the best of threes were all set up. What went into why we decided to move away from aggregate score, what went into how the games were scheduled. I don't know, man. If they can correct some of that stuff next year, um, that that would be a great start. But in all honesty, man, I really believe we got to go back to that home and away, you know, two-leg series. Like, it just has to be that way. And and I think at the same time, it also, with Messi being here, we're already going to get more attention, at least the next couple seasons here in MLS. Bro, let's... I'm not saying let's look more legitimate and look more, uh, you know, official to like other Euro snob fans out there who don't appreciate MLS. I'm not saying that so much, but like this is difficult even for Americans who watch Major League Soccer to follow. What is a what is a European fan who doesn't know what DP rules and all of those extra rules that MLS has in place are? How are they going to feel about it? Right. I don't know, man. If Apple really wants to be global, and that's why they did this broadcasting deal, that's why they made the deal with MLS, so that they could take this league and have anyone from around the world tune in. If you're going to do it that way, take the postseason seriously. We already get shit on enough for having a postseason. Don't, 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 don't further illegitimize it by by introducing these these weird formats that just don't make sense. I think we need to go back to what's tried, proven, and and I think everybody wins. I, I agree. I kind of I kind of miss the days of the of the two leg uh, matches because of of many reasons. Why is like I get the reason for a best of three series, which is it it just creates more drama. But I think the drama of a of a two game aggregate is also just significantly more. I mean, think of it right now using using uh, St. Louis and and Kansas City right now. Uh, what was it? Uh, it was four one, right? Four one. Four one. So now now. Pressures on St. Louis. You just lost in your first home game in, of your team, your your first home playoff game in your club's history in your first year, and you clearly the jitters came into play, and you got completely embarrassed by a team that was ready to punch you in the mouth, and they did. Now you have to go into that game in St. Louis and in, into Kansas City, where it's a very hostile crowd, and you have to somehow shit out at least three goals, and, and make sure that. Kansas City does not score a single one, or else that just adds up more goals you got to score. Yep. And that adds to the drama. Or, you know, for instance, the Houston Dynamo game. It was a 2-1 win for the Dynamo. But guess what? You go you go to Real Salt Lake. Salt Lake, all they got to do is put in a goal in the back of the net and just prevent the Dynamo from scoring, and they can go to extra time or penalties or score another one, which, I mean, Diego Luna, amazing goal that he scored. I'm actually really excited for that kid. Yeah. Um, but, it, you know, the drama factor, and then also like it's like a a two thing, a two way thing. Because one, you get the drama that the American fans could probably understand what's going on once they understand what an aggregate is, and then two, for the Euro snobs that are coming here just to watch Messi, it's something that they're very familiar with, and and it's the best of both worlds kind of thing. Um, I, I've been I've been saying it for years. I kind of wish MLS would try to maybe copy Liga Mekis just without the without the corruption, um, <laughs> and then just not do a two leg final. But I, I think yeah, no two leg final. But like I think Liga Mekis, like I love the way they do their format as well. They actually just changed their format this season as well. But, uh, but I think 
I, I think it's just like I, I think you I think that right now that Emlis is trying to make things complicated when in reality this is just a simple game. All you need is a ball and two goals. Sometimes you don't even need goals. If you have somebody that's willing to take the shirt off, you could just use that for goals. So yeah. I mean like they're making it's like stop making things complicated when it doesn't need to be complicated. Just keep it straightforward. Americans love playoff formats. Euro snobs like just think of Champions League and and like everyone's happy. But I, I, I and then also like the same point that you made about the the messy stands that are coming here and watching. They're like, uh, okay, so do do they move on? And so that now you're causing confusion. It's like now I don't really want to watch this league now. And and so I mean it already hurts enough that Messi's not in this in the final in the playoffs at all. But I, I think you just make it simple. Don't don't make it too complicated. The round three is really complicated. Uh, not really, but I get why it can be complicated. The wildcard round, you're making it complicated. Also, I think we need to shrink the number of teams. Like, let's not have so Facts. many teams. Bro, the the fact that, I, I think, look, in all honesty, the Charlotte FC game against the Red Bull summed up why it is stupid as hell to have a ninth seed. It's just dumb. Like, you shouldn't have 60 to 70% of the teams available in your conference make it to the playoffs. It, it devalues what postseason stands for. And it was evident, bro. It, it took 10 minutes for Charlotte FC to be out of that game. Because they didn't belong in the postseason. They're, they're three years in as an expansion club. I know St. Louis, you know, uh, kind of did the LAFC, right? They they got first place in their in one of their earliest years in their inaugural year. And, you know, everyone's saying, look, an expansion team did this. That's great, bro. That's an anomaly. Not every expansion team is like that. And I think with Charlotte FC, this was solid progress to be in contention for the playoffs on deadline day. The fact that we had a ninth seed available and how – it's I would say insane the overperformances were because even on the San Jose sporting Kansas City front, like I watched that game through and through. And to me, the fact that it that it, it ended nil-nil and went to a penalty kick shootout was more reflective of Kansas City not taking that game by the scruff of its neck and, and burying a team that they know that they're better than. They almost played the way St. Louis played last night. They were kind of just feeling it out, didn't want to make a mistake. It's a one game playoff right they played the whole season for this one game they approached it very carefully i think that they, they were okay with going to pk shootouts if needed but then once they got the jitters out right in that wild card game they stepped up and took it to their rivals last night in game one i i just think that yeah there's 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 some tweaks we can make to this there shouldn't be a wild uh, uh, uh there could be a wild card but there shouldn't be a ninth place like that the drop off in quality in this league is very very evident like the red bulls looked like fucking prime Barcelona against Charlotte FC and that's not how it should be an eight the gap between an eight seed and nine seed on the pitch should not be that wide and it's just because that nine seed doesn't belong in this playoff format they just don't so hopefully that we, we we just man I, I we're still growing the MLS is still very young in comparison to other leagues out there I want to see them make some changes and look with Messi being here there's never been a better time to realistically entertain the idea of us, well, not really copying what other leagues do, but learning from what other leagues do and trying to implement some changes that are really going to make this league viable to every fan around the world. And if Messi's not playing in the postseason, then that means there are some pretty decent teams in MLS, and we should try to put a spotlight on those, not try to you know, create a lifeline for, for the mediocre talent that exists in this league. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree a thousand percent. All right, the last headline for this one is going to be one of the biggest, well, not really the biggest scandal, but it's definitely up there in, in, in levels of scandals. There's a lot of scandals that have been going on this season. Obviously, the the Barcelona ref paying scandal. I mean, 
Shocking. That doesn't that that doesn't happen in in any in any other team. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, bro, it's it's just want to go, touch on that really quick before we move on. Um, the whole, I, I will say this about Barcelona before anybody. I've I've never gotten more text in my fucking life than when the Nagrada case came out. Never. I, I I don't think I've ever heard from more Real Madrid fans. I, I have a good amount of my buddies who are, are, are Madrid fans. I love them all. Um, but I've never seen more text messages than that. I will say about this, like like Hector just alluded to, Barcelona is not if it if, if it does come out that Barca is paying refs, and we have paid refs for things like reporting and whatnot. And if you do the math on the numbers, by the way, on that, if we were if we were bribed, if we were sliding some money to the table, asking them to you know, wink, wink, don't, 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 don't mention this to anybody. I know we're doing more than $200 a referee report, right? Because that's really what it comes out to. It comes up like 200 euros per report. There's no fucking way we're we're we're, we're bribing somebody with 200 euros. Man, these guys are down right bad, man. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no way we're bribing somebody with 200. 200 doesn't get you anything. Um, so there's that piece of it all. But I will say this. Barca is not, if it comes out that we did it, Barca is not the only club doing this. They're the only club that got caught. And I think at the end of the day, I still like to believe that there were good intentions with what we were paying for. But, dude, who knows? We had Bartomeu as a fucking president. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy was probably as quote-unquote crooked as they come. I think if him and Sandra Rossell were behind this, I mean, it is what it is. I don't think it's the current president, Laporta. Um, But I'm, I'm telling you right now, every team has had, every big club has had decisions go their way, wrongfully so. And you got to almost like, like kind of look at it a little bit and be like, huh, what the hell's happening there, right? I, some of the calls we see in the Premier League this season alone, I'm like, bro, somebody's getting fucking paid. Somebody's getting paid. I don't know how they the ref missed that call. I go back to the Tottenham-Liverpool match where they, you know, they got the the the, the, the goal call incorrect and they, they just let it stand. I was like, bro, there's there's got to be some shady shit going on here. So I don't know, man. I uh, I think everybody does it. I think, you know, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. The old adage, right? Um. But yeah, I mean Barca Barca fans are a little bit in the mud right now, just like some other clubs out there for sure. Yeah, I I will definitely say Real Madrid fans don't 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 start shit. Let's not, <laughs> let's, not let's not think that we don't get away with certain things either. <laughs> Everybody does. Everybody does, bro. So yeah, that's why I've 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 made sure I stayed quiet. I mean, the only thing I did was just share it to Edward when it was like Maybe this is a potential topic for an episode. <laughs> but oh, yeah. aside from that, it wasn't like anything, anything like gloating or anything. It's not like I knew it. <laughs> Bro, I, I got friends who are like that, who are just waiting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, they, they got the reminders turned on for like certain Barca channels just to wait in case some shit goes down. And look, respect, bro. If you get the time to do that, I mean, by all means, like, like, like I said, I mean, I wish I had that kind of time. That's what I'm saying, bro. <laughs> if, if 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 a club like that lives rent free in your head, by all means, I, I'm I'm here for the text all day. I will entertain the banter all day because that's what it is to me is is banter. But look, man, there's there's so much to follow, even on this quote unquote scandal front. This betting shit is it's is crazy how how deep of a problem some of these guys have, man. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, the, so the the Bane scandal that's recently being there's there's been there's been scandals around in England as well. I mean, obviously the can't remember the striker's name from Brentford, but he's he's Ivan he got, Tony. Ivan Tony. He's I think I I don't is he been is he facing his punishment now? He is. He is. So like Ivan Tony will he'll be eligible I think again um in January for a transfer. Um, I don't know if he'll be eligible to play immediately following his. Uh, I, I, Brentford's not gonna gonna keep him. They already know. They already set the price tag decently low, actually, uh, for Ivan Tony at sixty million pounds. Uh, someone yeah, will go in for him. I'm I'm really hoping it's Arsenal. 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to be a, a big one. Yeah, uh, but yeah, sure. so similar to what's going on, what happened with Ivan Tony's, essentially kind of in a way is happening also in Italy. We, it's not just a, a soccer thing or a football thing. It's it's even happened here in the United States. Uh, there's a football player, American football player, that also got caught doing some betting. Um, are they betting against their team? No, but they're still betting, which obviously, if you know, if you work, you, you and I, this is from my experience from working at, for like the Houston Rockets and the Astros and all them, like we're not allowed to bet, period. I still did, but I mean, you're not allowed <laughs> to bet like period. You're not supposed to bet in any form of gambling. Um, and me being the piece of shit that I am, I did bet against the Rockets because I was like, <laughs> get like I saw the spread and I was like, who would not take this? Um, so, and I won that day. So, <laughs> so yeah, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Fact. I mean, look, I and and look, I, I think this is one of those things where the betting laws have changed recently in the UK. That's, that's something I want fans to understand because. My biggest problem with this whole betting scandal that's come out with Tonali and Fagioli, you know, getting, uh, well, I don't know if Tonali's been officially banned yet. I think that that will come probably like this week or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll be banned for the rest of the season. And he'll have to come back next year for Newcastle. Fagioli, to me, had a deeper problem. He owes millions of dollars um, to friends, family, acquaintances. Like, bro, imagine being a footballer that makes the money that they make and you're still in fucking debt. That's crazy. Um so it is a pretty deep problem. The issue that I take with all of this, though, is like, isn't doesn't it blow your mind that Ivan Ivan Tony I felt was like crucified, like he now granted he did have I don't know what ten or eleven matches that he bet on. He had well over two hundred plus different you know betting occurrences, right? Of those eleven to fifteen of them were like were specific to Brentford matches that he either played or didn't play in. And and dude, that's it's pretty tough, right? To justify that, like like you're you're betting on matches that you're playing in. That's that that's that's really really difficult. But I never once heard anybody say when he got accused of everything, oh he's got a problem. Oh we should help him. This is an addiction. Two hundred plus matches of gambling, and maybe we should reach out to him as opposed to just judging him and slandering him all over the media. And I think anybody who's who's brand new to to football out in the UK or soccer out in the UK. I mean, the media hammers them, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought, you know, certain media and press here in the States were bad. England seemed like a totally different ballgame. But, um, you know, they, they got completely destroyed. And what's crazy is, like, these two Italian dudes, and then uh, uh, not just two, I think there was three of them, right? It was also uh, Zaniolo. Mm-hmm. Um, they, it's not that they, there wasn't any negative talk about them, but it, it just made it seem like like the media was, was very much recognizing this gambling addiction that they have. And didn't give Ivan Tony any of that same leniency, like at all. They didn't give him any benefit of the doubt. Didn't really care what his opinions were. Um, and I saw that interview he did with um, with Stephen Bartlett, uh, kind of this Ivan Tony tells all after he got suspended, and uh, he felt very much like he was he like he was meant to serve as an example negatively. Uh, that they tried to make an example out of him. And I, I don't know, man, that shit's crazy to me. Like I don't I don't understand how that one player could have gotten crucified the way he did. And these other three, all with, in my opinion, and, and especially Fagioli, who has a crazy deep problem, um, has a lot of debt to his name because of it, how they weren't dragged a little bit harder. Like, I I just, I'm not saying they should have. I'm just saying it's surprising to me. And I don't know, man. I feel like, especially Premier League fans for, for uh, Tonali, like, 
he, he just got signed to Newcastle and now he's going to miss the whole rest of the season. How are Newcastle fans just not up in arms about this? Like, I don't know, man. It's to me, it's a massive, massive double standard. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's also because UK, there's been a lot of sensitive subject when it comes to like betting in general. Um, you know, obviously there's fans that will refuse to buy jerseys of their clubs because of the fact that they have betting sponsors on, on the, on the, on the, as a kid sponsor. Yeah. And, uh, so, which, I mean, it's like if you ask me about Pete Rose. Pete Rose is a baseball player for the Cincinnati Reds. Basically caught, got caught doing the same exact thing, uh, which was gambling. Did he have a problem? I mean, depends how you feel. But it wasn't like he was betting against his team. He was actually betting for for his team. So, I mean, take that into consideration. But the man got banned. Like, he is he's banned from baseball. Like, he's never going to be a Hall of Famer, uh, which is ridiculous because the dude is a hitting legend. Um, Insane. And uh, and so same thing with that Calvin Ridley from the NFL, you know, he got he got suspended because for the same thing was was gambling, did not never bet it on his team, he, which it's fair. It's Atlanta. It's the Atlanta Falcons. But, you know, he also got into the gambling, um, obviously faces suspension. But I think when you hear Americans are like, oh, what's the big deal? He just likes to put in a bet every once. In a while. It's like, what's the difference also? Because a lot of these guys have like these like fantasy football leagues where they put like 20 grand into it. Like that's that's gambling in some sense, yeah. but like especially if you, if you pick certain guys that are against you, uh, but For real bro. So like, but I think in America is like ah, what's the big deal? Everybody gambles. Um, whereas this does it's not like they they're tarnishing the game. I think especially as you mentioned for uh, Nick, uh Nicola Faggio, um, the dude literally has a legitimate problem. Like this is this is an addiction. Like, I mean, if you're going to gamble, gamble responsibly, like, don't, don't go, don't, don't put your whole life savings into this. Don't throw like a couple 20 bucks there and there. Nothing is, if you have it, then by all means. But if, if you are literally like your life dependency on this money is going to go away when, she, once it's gone, uh, don't do it. I mean, Fagioli was basically up to 3.2 million in debt. Bro, that's uh, so such a crazy fucking number. Like, let that shit sink in, guys. He he has. I don't know how. I don't know what his contract that he makes per week, but he makes thousands, thousands per week, and he has three point two million in the hole. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, and so and in his deposition, it, when he was being investigated, he he basically snitched on Tanali, was saying that Tanali introduced him to the to betting, um, and then Tanali immediately was like, "That's a lie," uh, <laughs> but. And then obviously Tanali ends up doing his, you know, does his deposition because, you know, he's like, I'm I'm not going down for this. Uh, but he did mention that he actually did bet on his teams, uh, which was when he was playing for Milan and, and Brescia and never against. So I mean, at least take that into consideration. Yeah. But he was the first one to receive a punishment, which is it. He's expected to be receiving a 10 month ban from football, which like Jose said, he's not going to come back till next season. He, um, he's also banned from the Euro. So he won't be competing in the 2024 Euro. Uh, and, and I mean, the other player that, that wasn't mentioned is, is Zaniolo, um, who I believe right now plays in Aston Villa. Yep. Um, but he's he's expected to also be facing a, a suspension, possibly longer than what Tonali is getting. Um, so it, it, I think maybe it, I think it'd be different if, if these guys are making bets and fixing matches. I think I would be more angry and and i mean you're but like i said like i understand it because when you work for professional teams or you play in professional teams one of the first things that you do is you sign a contract that says that you're not going to gamble 
like by means at all. Like not you can't even gamble on cricket. Like you can only that's it. It's just play. And I mm-hmm. think it's also the concern of like players that what happens if they do. Ga- and I think it's to prevent match fixing. I think is what most of these leagues are doing is yeah. just to pre- just you know you can't do it. There's no way it could ever happen. Um, but unfortunately, there's guys that they're still gonna do it. Uh, I mean, just because you sign a piece of paper doesn't mean you're, you're there's a force field on your phone. Um, yeah. and unfortunately, you know, this young man, Nicolo Fagioli, put himself in a hole. Um, and obviously, the last thing Juventus needs is bad publicity, more even more bad publicity. Seriously, they're getting. Bro. Um, so this I is this is this is following the doping uh scandal with Paul Pogba, and so you know, now it's like, bro, what isn't going wrong at Juve? And of course, financial fair play, which I still think is a crock of shit. Um, but yeah, this is this is just not 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 an ideal situation for for any of these three guys. Uh, they're not going to be playing, and I mean, I know Tonali, crucial signing. I I thought it was a great signing for Newcastle United. Now AC Milan looks like geniuses, um, even more, especially with all the players that they bought from that <laughs> from that transfer. Bro, uh, you, you, do you think they knew? Do you think Milan knew about his problem? Um, I mean, you know, he he he. This all comes all the way back to his time playing for Brescia, so it could be something that they knew ahead of time, and they just wanted to get ahead of themselves. Because I mean, this the Sandro Tonali transfer was one of the like craziest, shocking transfers of the summer. It was like no one saw it coming. No one thought that Tonali was even an option for sale. Um, this dude literally was wearing the captain's armband at one point for AC Milan. Um, part of that young, promising AC Milan team that was hoping to get back the, the the prestige of being in the Serie A. And they just sent him over to Newcastle United. And I understand Newcastle now has the money for it, but it was just such a weird, bizarre transfer. And like I said, from that, you know, obviously AC Milan did their 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 genius by going after a bunch of players, high potential young players that could make them where they are right now, which they're still in a pretty good position to win the league. But, uh, but it was just crazy because Tanai just, it came out of nowhere, especially like a lot of Milan fans were just shocked by that because a lot of guys thought that this guy could be like the the uh, uh the next Andrea Pirlo in some sense. Yeah. But to be fair, in, in Italy, there's no there's no loyalty. Everybody plays for the big three at some point. Um, but yeah, it, it was insane to me. But now it's like maybe AC Milan did know. And I don't know, man. Like, it, it was just convenient to me. It was just like that's the first thing I thought of was like. Bro, he hasn't even played half a season yet with Newcastle. These allegations are coming out. Newcastle and Milan are in the Champions League in the same group. I don't know. I mean, are are, are Milan the ones who ratted him out? I have no idea, right? I, I think the timing of this, though, is That's very That's the most serious thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's, 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 so, it's so suspect, this this timing of it all. I think I think if you're a Newcastle fan... I don't know, dig into, uh, try to get this a little bit further if you can. I think that, I don't know, the, to me, the timing of it all and how this all went down, it's just so crazy that Milan gets to walk away with 80 million. And granted, it's not having to, it's not that the same thing as having Tonali, but they get to walk away with 80 million, probably knowing that something was coming down the pipeline for Tonali. Um, and do so knowing going into this next season that you're going to be in a very tough Champions League group. You need reinforcements. And oh, hey, you're, you're up against, yeah, your your old boy's new club. Um, so I don't know, man. I I just it, it all seemed very very sus to me. Yeah, so it's it's gonna be ridiculous. There's I'm sure this won't be the next the the second time we'll hear like a gambling scandal happens. I I I won't be shocked by that. So, um, it's unfortunate that that it's happened to this young man. Um, 
Has it tarnished his legacy? I don't think so. I think a lot of people are kind of on the same boat where it's like, ah, it's just gambling. Um, yeah, I think I agree. I think it's like the same dumb American concept. But I will say, I will take this take take a little time to say this though. If you do have a gambling problem, uh, dot one eight hundred gambler. Just do that. You you definitely need help. You know, throw in five bucks every here now and then. That's what I do. I'm not a. I don't throw. I don't spend three. I did put a $300 bet, but that was because I was like super confident. Um, and it, thank God it panned out. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, don't, don't, don't waste your whole life. Uh, uh, especially like if, if you're living paycheck to the paycheck, do not, do not gamble. Like just do not avoid it. Don't go on the websites. I'm not even going to promote any websites right now. Um, uh, just, just, you know, get help. Um, yeah. because 3.2 million, like, good God. Yeah, that you're going to lose. You're going to lose. The house always wins for a reason, right? Eventually, you're going to lose and hopefully not lose everything. So, yeah, I, I agree, man. If, you, if you're struggling, get help. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come back, and we're going to talk about Josie Altador. So we'll, we'll see what what our thoughts on that one goes. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll get into it. Hey, guys, this is Hector from the Insert Name FC podcast here to tell you guys about Candidips. It is a great tasting, superior alternative to traditional dip using CBD in a way that is radical, enjoyable, and effective. It comes in five core flavors, wintergreen, mint, citrus, mango, and American spice. Candip CBD is the new evolution in dip, allowing guys to enjoy great, long-lasting taste without the downsides. If you guys want to go ahead and try them out, use the code BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com. Once again, BELLYUP20 at CandidateCBD.com, and you'll get yourself 20% off your purchase. Thank you again for Candidips for being a great partner of Belly Up Sports. All right, we're back. So Josie Altador in this new cool CBS show that features uh, Clint Dempsey and Maurice Edu, and I really feel so bad that I can never remember that girl's name. Um, but hey, Abdo, boom, there we go. Uh, <laughs> it's 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 something that, but uh, and all and I'll once in, every once in a while we'll see Theory Henry, but uh, they they did they basically have like a soccer talk show of some sense where they also drink alcohol. Dang, that's that's the dream right there. Uh, it is, bro. But, uh so they they invited Josie Altador. If you guys if you guys don't know who Josie Altador is, I'd shame on you. Um but <laughs> Josie Altador probably the reason why I'm forever going to think when I think of US USMT strikers, I I just want a huge behemoth that can run really fast uh and, and just slap the shit out of a ball and just put it in the back of the net. A monster like Josie, bro, 100%. I, I still remember the 09 Confederation. I guess the Confederations Cup, you could shit on it if you want. I don't really care. But um, I, I'm sure you remember that too, Hector. I think him scoring against Spain, against that version of Spain in, uh, in, in 09, but right before the 2010 World Cup, that version of Spain going on to win the 2010 World Cup, the 2012 Euros, probably the greatest international team we will ever see, comprised of the two best Real Madrid and Barcelona teams we've probably ever seen. Um yeah, man, I I think uh, Josie, he'll he'll never get love, even more so after this crazy shit that he put out there on this show. Yeah, before we talk about that, I just want to say the the '09 Spain jerseys; those are to me the goaded jerseys. Those, oh, those were sexy. Those were sexy yeah. for sure. That was also like the the sandwich of the '08 Euro, the 2010 World Cup, and then the the 2012 Euro. Yeah, bro. I'm what telling a, you, man, that Spain team, team was so disgusting, man. They were so good. What a team, man! Just don't look at the don't look at the 2014 World Cup. Just I, <laughs> forget about that one. Forget bro, that. They, at some point, you you gotta let off the gas. At some point, you gotta be like, hey, boys, we won enough, all right? Like it's it is what it is. But yeah, bro, wild. 
But going back to Josie Altador, yeah, in in this interview that he had on their show, I can't. Re- I feel bad that I don't even know the show's name. Oh, but- it's uh, kicking it. All right, well, that's corny. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. It's so cliche. Anyway, <laughs> not as bad as insert name FC. Um, but, <laughs> uh, but they had Josie Altador as a guest. I don't know if he's officially retired. I feel like he hasn't really like said it, but we all kind of think it. Um, yeah, that, that's true, bro. I, I think um, he never had like a very public announcement, right? Michael Bradley just retired too, and so like I, I don't know. I, I always and he's now associate... coaching with his pops. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I always associate those two guys just together, not just the time with Toronto, but even on the national team. I always felt like Bradley and, and Altador just kind of go hand in hand, like almost like Donovan and Dempsey do a little bit. Um, so. You know, I I don't know. I it, it was we. It's weird to think about, but I, I never realized that. Yeah, we. I don't think we ever got an official retirement announcement from Josie Altador. Yeah, last time I saw him, he was with New England. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but they had him on for uh, for an interview, and uh, I'm I'm guessing the topic was involving uh, this current U.S. men's national team, um, and and like he he threw it up there that he feels that this the 2014 U.S. men's national team, which is a team that was in the World Cup. Honestly, I would argue it's definitely up there for one of the best U.S. men's national teams that we've ever had, especially that Belgium game was probably goaded. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Tim Howard should have won the, the Golden Glove for just for that performance. But you know, I think I'm he should have been nominated as Secretary of Defense for that performance. Yeah, definitely. I'm not biased in any way. Um, <laughs> but he ends up saying that he felt that the 2014 U.S. men's national team could definitely beat. I, I think he said the current US, U.S. men's national team, but just for shits and giggles, I'm going to say the 2022 team. Yeah. Uh, so. World Cup versus World Cup teams, um, kind of a hot take, but uh, where where do you stand with that one? Where do you go with that? Uh, I think I think the use of the word definitely is is tough for me. I will say this though, he's not entirely wrong. Like he's not, and I look. I, people are going to call me a nostalgia merchant, you know, whatever it may be. Uh, like I, I'm a boomer in comparison to some of the the, the dudes who listen to this pod. I'm sure, but like. Bro, that 2014 team, if you did not tune in, you do not understand what Josie's talking about with how much respect he has for his boys. If there was ever a team in the history of the U.S. men's national team that epitomized they got that dog in them, it's this fucking team, period. Like, I didn't, I wasn't worried. Not that I wouldn't wouldn't worry about playing against guys like Belgium or Portugal or Germany or any other big country, true football country out there. Because it was a mentality thing with this team, right? I didn't, I mean, the ability, sure, where we, we weren't as technically gifted, right? Jeff Cameron, uh, you know, Omar Gonzalez, you know, these are not ball playing center backs or, or I think in certain cases with Jeff Cameron, he's also a defensive mid, but these weren't like the most technically gifted players on the pitch, even as defenders. There are plenty of guys in other leagues and Europe's top leagues that are, but Whatever it was, they had this glue to them. It it it, it stuck them together. They, they they rallied around each other and were able to take down big teams. I think if anybody remembers the 2014 World Cup, opening match against Ghana, Dempsey in the first 30 seconds lights it up, right? Gets that goal, that crucial goal. Ghana equalizes. And in the final minutes, the fact that we don't talk about John Brooks, right? Even today, we probably could, be, could still be talking about that player potentially playing for this version of the U.S. men's national team. Um but him getting the winner, and, and I don't think most people include someone like John Brooks in that 2014 team. I do. I think he was, you know, he played his part. Um, the goal Jermaine Jones scored against Portugal, I'll never forget that shit, bro. I was I was sitting in a Buffalo Wild Wings in Dallas, uh, and everybody threw beer 
like how that English meme, right? Whether it's mm-hmm. the Euros or the World Cup, um, all those fans going ape shit at the side of England scoring. That's that's what I saw in real life at a Buffalo Wild Wings in a country where apparently soccer is not a top sport. Um, like Jermaine Jones did that, right? Like I don't know if if Tyler Adams or Eunice. I I love Eunice Musa. I think he came out of Arsenal Academy. He's a hell of a player and a baller. I don't know if any of these guys could go toe-to-toe with Jermaine Jones. You know what I mean? I don't know if Sergio Dest is a better defender than Fabian Johnson or a better overall outside back than Fabian Johnson. Um, Clint Dempsey had probably more dog in him alone than the entire 2023 national team, right? Like, I don't I don't know what it is. This, this team, this is the most skilled team we've ever had. But I don't know where they are as competitors, as mental monsters. I have no idea. I, I like I get nervous about games against Trinidad and Tobago, much less European giants, right? Much less going uh, up against uh, a Germany the way that we did very recently in losing. Um, you know, I I don't know, man. I think there's so much good that can be said, but unfortunately, this stat merchant generation is only going to look at the FIFA cards for every one of these players and try to break them down against one another that way. It's it's not a direct talent or technical ability comparison, and it's, but it doesn't have to be in a World Cup. Technic, if, if tactical and technical ability were everything, France wouldn't have gone home crying in 2010. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, absolutely crying. Like, in shambles, the country was in shambles. They were sending players home mid-tournament because they were fighting each other. Like, 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 and that was one of the most technically gifted teams we've probably ever seen, right? Frank Ribery, Florent Maluda, Kareem Benzema, like, you name it. So, I, I don't know, man. Thierry Henry was still doing his thing back then. I, I think that there's just so much to like with the 2014 version of the U.S. men's national team that cannot be quantified on paper. That you, There's no stat that's going to show you that. Um, and I think in a game toe-to-toe, I think it's very, very close. Like, very close. I I, I don't think any I, I, either one of those teams are clear. And if I was building a best 11, it would probably be split like 5-6 in terms of five players from one team, six from the other, realistically. Uh, and we could we could have that breakdown today if we want to pick a best 11. But I, I think that, you know, Josie's not crazy wrong. And if you think that, like, he's just an old man that's on his meds right now and is shouting stupid shit at the clouds – I think you probably weren't alive or weren't old enough to comprehend what you were watching during the 2014 World Cup. No, yeah, I think um, I think there's like a, a complete misconception about I think once again, yeah, everyone's like, oh, man, old man yells at cloud, Josie all the door. I think if you if you're judging off of individual talent. The U.S., the, the, the current U.S. men's national team is definitely there. I mean, you got guys playing in the biggest clubs in Europe, not not just playing in the biggest leagues, but playing for those biggest clubs and playing regularly. Um, but versus back then where it was guys playing for these maybe mid-table teams, leagues that we've never heard of, uh, or playing in the MLS. But uh, I, I think that the mentality that that meant that – I will say 2014, I'm more confident going into a CONCACAF qualification like i these guys can go into el salvador and i feel pretty confident coming out with a win yep the current u.s men's national team we saw what they couldn't do they were complaining about the field condition um (laughs) it's like like i i mean say what you want but like when it comes to the word dog which this is me and edward's favorite word now in this in this show uh but when it comes to being a dog i mean that is 
the mentality of the 2014 U.S. men's national team. Like these guys were were dogs. Like the all the corny things that you hear Americans say when it comes to sports is all everything pointed into because these guys came in to fight. It was gonna be a dog fight. I know everyone made fun of Matt Turner for saying that in Arsenal, but <laughs> that's literally their mentality. Was like was like we're gonna be out. We're gonna out tough you. Is uh, that's just how it was. They out toughed uh, Portugal. They out toughed Ghana. That's how they won their games. Um, but I, I think, yeah, if you, we want to do a comparison to the both teams, I mean, let's start off with coach Jurgen Klinsmann and Greg Berhalter. Who would you rather have? Because uh, here's here's the thing. That's before a we answer question that, right there. Yeah, it's it's a loaded question. Um, before we answer it, I will say this: there was a a, a time when Klinsmann wasn't the jackass he is now. Okay, I'm I'm just gonna, I'm gonna put that point point blank out there. Some of the, the antics and stuff that I see with him coaching Korea today. Like, I think when he first started coaching the U.S. men's national team, it wasn't like that. And he was so bullish on certain personalities that and, – and, and everybody being one. People forget, he left Landon Donovan at home. He left his ass at home, and he brought Julian Green. God even knows where Julian Green is right now. I, I have no idea. Like, I, I, I don't even know if he's still playing. He might be. He might not be. I have no idea. I didn't really know much about him when we called him up. But that man took Landon Donovan's spot on that roster – because Clinton wasn't scared to be that guy as a manager. I, I think we look at Burhalter, like the Reina situation, for example. I don't know, man. To me, that could have obviously been handled a, a million times better. But at the same time, I don't think, I think Burhalter had these issues before they even went to the World Cup and he still brought Gio with him out of, I don't know, fear of complacency, out of fear of dealing with his parents or the media afterward, like whatever it may be. But if you really have a problem with a player, why like why is he being called up why are you wasting that spot if, if he's bringing the team down bring the most cohesive t- team that gives you the best chance to win to this tournament so i'm gonna pick cleansman for the sake of not i mean tactically he had to be pragmatic with this team because of what he had to work with so uh i think i, I think i'm picking him solely because i don't think burr halter could do what Klinsman did with the 2014 team. I just don't see it. Like you really had to be a coach who could inspire in some form or fashion and understand and build a system that enhances their strengths while understanding that this team is somewhat limited, especially, you know, when it comes to technical ability, when you compare it to the, the 23 team. So I'm saying Klinsman. And if you want to go down the list, I mean, I don't know if you agree with that pick or not, Hector, but I, uh, I, I a thousand percent agree. Yeah, um, yeah. Being, I don't know. I don't being know the home. being the Landon Donovan hater that I am, um, <laughs> it, the thing was like you you made a good point about about him being having the guts to go ahead and and not call up Landon Donovan mm-hmm. was you know I think that that's that's important. Uh, I believe uh, Julian Green is still playing in Gredefurf in the second division in in the Bundesliga, uh, but uh, but yeah, uh, I think that. At least at that time, I think 2014 Jurgen Klinsmann was definitely, I I would say, had a better grasp of the team. Um, this this is obviously before, you know after the what happened unfortunately in the 2018 World Cup where that was just a whole debacle of its own. But I I think um, I think Jurgen Klinsmann went and I, honestly this was the 2014 U.S. Men's National Team aside from everyone complaining about Landon Donovan who came off a of retirement from I don't know how many how many times now at that point. Um, he at least uh, twice. Yeah, at least twice. Um, you know, he he made the decision that one Landon literally just barely came out of retirement, maybe like six months ago at that point, because yeah. I know he, that's when he stepped in with with the LA Galaxy because they were they were down bad, and then obviously he played against Guatemala, and 
people were like, oh, look how well he played against Guatemala. Once again, that's it's Guatemala. Yeah. Um, uh, so th- that's just my argument for that one. Uh, but <laughs> but you know, obviously, he played a hell of a game. They're like, oh, he has to be in the World Cup. And 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 thank God, Jurgen Klinsmann did not did not sip the Kool Aid. But yeah, I I did I do res- I do respect Jurgen Klinsmann. I think that this is one of I don't think I think the thing what I liked about Jurgen Klinsmann, especially at this time, he didn't make it complicated. He did what he, he got the guys that he knew he needed to get in. Um, it was like I never argued with a single one of his formations. I never, you know, had an issue with anybody. Um, you know, a lot of people thought it was weird when he put Jeff Cameron at that six spot. Um, uh, but I mean, people, especially because I'm a Dynamo fan, I could tell you that Jeff Cameron can play in that six spot. Yeah. Uh, but I think he put everybody in the right position to put them in the best scenario. That Belgium game is still going to be forever. That's one of the best games I've ever seen from the U.S. Men's National Team, and, and I mean. That was the line, and I'm also judging this off of that lineup specifically, uh, and and I'm also judging it off of the U.S. Men's National Team's game against Netherlands. Both were losses, but it was two completely different losses. If, if you guys want to think of it like that, but yeah, I'm with Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah, I I, I like that. I, I think, look, man, I, I'm I'm putting 2018 aside, right? I'm I'm putting like who who am I taking as my manager into that into a World Cup, and based on this pool of this these two pool of players that we have and. I don't know, man. To me, Klinsman is, I, I'm not going to say he's this, I'm, I'm not going to rave about him as a manager. Like he's the one of the best ever, but at the same time, like he is, I was, uh, I was still like not happy after losing to Belgium by any means, especially after that Wando miss. Holy shit. But like outside of that, I just felt like Belgium was flat out a better team than we were in every aspect, except for maybe keeper. And we played our asses off and we went toe to toe with them. And yeah, Howard had to have, what was it, 15, 16 saves in the game? Sure. I mean, look look, look at our back line against who we're playing against. I mean, at some point, you have to be realistic. Mm-hmm. But it was still crazy to see that team, the level of fight that they brought. It, it, the match almost didn't even come down to technical ability. It came down to who just flat out wanted it more. And we were giving them a real run for their fucking money under Klinsman, uh, which I don't know if, after watching the Netherlands match, if anybody want, remembers that, I mean... I can't remember an ass whooping that we've taken harder in a major, major international match. Um, it was men against boys out there, period. And that's mm-hmm. that. I, I was seeing mistakes for some of our biggest and most liked players, guys like Tyler Adams. Um, I don't know, man. The Netherlands didn't even. What was it? They they got knocked out the following round by Argentina. It was right. Yeah. Yeah, they got knocked out the following round against Argentina, and that's one thing that I think most people who had this conversation and 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 they they sort of flocked to the side of the twenty twenty three team. Bro, and and, and when, 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 when I know when I've had this argument with other people, I'll bring up, dude, 2014 hat. That those guys had an inner fight and a dog in them. That bro, I I I just don't think many teams. It, it wouldn't have been easy for anybody to play against the U.S. men's national team. There's there's for people who knock that and say, oh, that's not a real thing. That that shit is a real thing, and they just won a World Cup. You think Argentina is the most technically gifted team individually as players all over the pitch? Right? Do we do, do we just collectively think that Debu Martinez is the best keeper in the world? That that Molina is the best right back? Acuna is the best left back? N- no, I mean it's it's not how that works. They actually some of them play for for very mid clubs, but it's the collective unit, bro. It's it's what how they play for one another, how they play for Messi. They they were so determined to do something for Messi and what could what could maybe be his final World Cup that. There's nothing that was going to beat that. And like, I thought the 2014 team understood what it meant to be an American player trying to seem worthy of a matchup against a European powerhouse. 
they 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 just brought that level of a chip on their shoulder to every match and, and in a way that I don't even know the 23 team could even copy or replicate. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we'll 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 call we'll go down quickly with this one. So uh yeah. Tim Howard, Matt Turner. I mean I'm taking Tim, Tim Howard. Tim Howard, yeah. Next. <laughs> uh battle left backs, so Marcus Beasley or Jedi. This year's Jedi changes my mind entirely because he's he's not been good this year. Um who do you got? I'm just curious. Ah uh, man, that, that this was it's definitely tough, older. Right? This is an older Demarcus Beast. This is like him going to the. He, he went to the Houston Dynamo immediately after this game, after this yeah. season, um, because he was play, playing in Pueblo at the time too. I mean, I, I'm definitely biased with Jedi. Um, this currently yeah. right now is not the best for him, but I, I think I'm going with Jedi overall. Um, yeah, and, and at the World Cup last year, I will say going in, he was probably one of our better players, at least skill wise. Yeah. Uh, our first center back matchup, t- old man Tim Ream versus, actually, funny enough, another old man, Matt Beasler. <laughs> it's probably got to be Tim Ream based on experience, right? I mean, it's I, can, I think we're kind of splitting hairs here. Beasler was good, you know, he was decent for Kansas City, um, uh, kind of a big dude and just knows how to keep shit out of the back. Um, decent, I would say decent with his feet. He's not crazy good. Um, yeah, I probably go with Tim Ream. Yeah, I mean, Tim Ream was definitely much needed for them in 2022. Yeah. Uh Omar Gonzalez or Walker's Walker Zimmerman. No. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Omar Gonzalez. I mean, I'll be honest, bro. Like I, I know this is sweet feeling against Belgium for certain reasons. I personally would take John Brooks over any uh, either of those center backs in 2014. Um yeah, I think I think it's probably gotta be uh, I would definitely say young John Brooks is de- definitely goes up there, but Unfortunately, yeah. he was not on the starting lineup against. Yeah, Belgium. he wasn't. But I, I think he was because of the yellow card something he picked up. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I guess I, have, I don't like Walker as a center. I just don't like saying that. I don't like. I don't like Walker as a center back that I have to pick. <laughs> so, <laughs> taking Omar. Omar was a center back threat. Uh, I mean, yeah. a center p- a set piece threat. Like I, I do, I do remember that. There was a time when I was like, "Oh crap, here comes a set piece," especially when he was with the Galaxy. Yeah. Like, Omar's gonna score this one. Um, but yeah, so all right. So you Let's got Omar. Omar for the sake of it. In my head, I'm pretending that we're putting John Brooks there. Go ahead. All right, that's fair. Uh <laughs> oof, man, this is gonna be hard. So Gino Des or Fabian Johnson. Oof, hot take. I'm taking Fabs. Uh me personally, I think because he's more well-rounded. Serginho, I'm sorry, bro, but until you figure out how to 1v1 defend, I I love that he makes these montages for Instagram and like you know, all, almost all of the highlights are attacking, which he's a right back. Um, yeah, he's he's got to figure out defending first. Yeah, I think Fabian Johnson literally gave you the best of both worlds. He's a true fullback to the definition of what a fullback is supposed to look like. All right, the sixth spot, Tyler Adams or Jeff Cameron? Oh, Jeff Cameron was playing in the Premier League at this time. Yep, Stoke City. Which is crazy to remember that they actually were in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember. He was playing in the Premier at this time. Um, him, I think Tyler gives you more. I, I, I will say this. I'll pick Tyler for the sake of this, uh, of this list. However, I think Jeff Cameron would not have given up the, the missed uh, man assignment that caused the first Netherlands goal. I think he, he would have picked that up. No, I, I agree. I, I, as much as I love Jeff Cameron, especially because he started his career with the Dynamo, but um, I, I've been a big Tyler Adams speaker. Um, I'm at this point, I'm a prophet of the Church of Tyler Adams. <laughs> um get healthy buddy uh but i i've liked him as a captain i've liked i, I liked everything the man's done uh i love that he he that that pissed off ronnie and guy couldn't get on get under his skin 
So oh, yeah, same. A lot of great wins there. All right. Yep. Uh, Michael Bradley or Weston McKinney? Man, because here's here's the thing, right? Like most people, and I would agree with them. I would put Bradley at a six. Um, to me, the way he was used, because we didn't have that many technical ballers on our team back in 2014, um, he wouldn't be used that way today. So it's it's kind of interesting, right? So I'm personally going to say Weston McKinney. I think he offers you more um, yeah. in that position, but it's it's unfair to Bradley because of what his natural position is. I, I agree with that, but I'm also taking the Texas boy. Uh, yeah, fair, fair. That's Dallas dude. Hell yeah. Uh, I I I'm gonna go ahead and say Jermaine Jones, but Jermaine Jones or Yunus Musa. Funny enough, both of them internet guys that took uh took chose the U.S. over their respective countries. So. Yeah, hundred percent. Um. I love Eunice. I think he's uh I think he's the best interior midfielder that we have on the men's national team. Um and that's that's even in, in situations where they throw uh Gio into like a 10 because I, I think as great as Gio is, like I think Eunice Musa offers um so much more to going forward and defending. Mm-hmm. And he's literally an engine, he's fucking everywhere. Um but your main judge was different gravy, bro. JJ was like Oh, I, I'll never forget that goal against Portugal, man. I really won't. The minute he cracked it, I was just like, this is either going in or this keeper's going to make the fucking save of his life. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I'll never forget that goal. I'm going to say JJ. Yeah, uh, and I have to say JJ just because, like, well, I I have his jersey. So, um, <laughs> yeah. But I do love Yunus Musa. I am going to try to get me an AC Milan uh, Yunus Musa jersey just because yeah, he also real. has got the 80 on it. Alejandro Bedoya or Christian Pulisic? Okay, it's Christian Pulisic. I, I don't Pulisic, know. I, yeah. I, no, no one's picking Bedoya. No. <laughs> and, 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 if, and if the Philly Union were smart, they wouldn't pick Bedoya this summer either. They got to figure out where to move that guy on. Yeah, I, this is the guy that I've been trolling for the longest, saying that like, I don't know what he has on the U.S. men's national team for him to get called up so much. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, like, that's he, true. Apparently, it's worse than what the the what the Reina family had on. <laughs> but, oh shit! Yeah, I mean, seriously, he's getting it. Yeah, he he even with with the union, I say even with his own team, the guy is just I, I don't know. No GM should be choosing keeping an old head veteran who doesn't offer, in my opinion, that much value on the field unless he's given the halftime speech of his life every game. I don't I don't know what he's really bringing to the table that you can't backfill with like strong youth talent. So hopefully they move on from him. Yeah, exactly. Um, Clint Dempsey. The you don't know me dog guy versus Jesus Ferreira, which I mean the ninth position during the 2022 <laughs> yeah. World Cup was such a debacle. Yeah, um, seriously. Um, I bro, I'll be honest, it's not even close. It's not even close. It's Clint Dempsey. Like it's it's, it's, it's clear. It's clear yeah, as day. So clear. It's it's so free. <laughs> Honestly, all of the nines that we had for that 20, I, I'm still mad that Pepe wasn't on there. Um, yeah, bro, it makes no sense. He literally helped get them to the damn tournament, but didn't make it to it. Okay. I would have, I would have definitely taken Pepe and Pfock. I don't know what the hell it was with Josh. Maybe Josh Sargent had something on Burhalter, but I mean, like, and Haji Wright. It was a hit. Like Ferreira and Haji Wright made no sense to me. The biggest head scratchers ever. Um, yeah, yeah. And then on the right side, we got Graham Zusi or Tim Weah. I'm fucking biased as hell. I'm Tim Weah. I'm a Tim Weah. Yeah, <laughs> I will say this, like I said, because because of the, the modern age, it also depends on like what time frame this this game is being played, right? Like. Uh, modern football, they're just in, so- in soccer, they're just faster, more athletic. The game requires that for how fast it's played. Tim Wea, easily. But, bro, I will say Zuzi this. was a Mexican legend at this time, by the way. Yeah, and bro, and he, bro, even with, with Sporting Kansas City, dude, he had a crazy free kick, a crazy right foot, I think, or was he lefty? I can't remember. Um, he played on the... He played on the, on the left, but he was right-footed, right? Yeah. He played inverted? Yeah. 
So, bro, but but his ability to find teammates in the box, like I always say this to me, if you were to, if, if there was one thing someone like Zusi was better than a world beater like Kevin De Bruyne at, it is finding your man. Kevin De Bruyne spams like 60 crosses a game to find Holland, who's the biggest fucking guy on the pitch. Whereas Zusi could hit you right above your fucking right ankle as you were running sometimes. So I, I don't know. I think he, he's like someone in, in this combined team that as I could bring on as a super sub off the bench. All right. So as I, I'm doing the tally right now, it is actually split. <laughs> it was split yep. down 11 to 11 uh, from the votes. And I think at the end of it all, the mentality, which I think, unfortunately, the 2022 U.S. Men's National Team had none of that. Uh, I give the edge to the 2014 U.S. Men's National Team. I don't think that there's anyone that can say that that the 2022 team was mentally tougher than the 2014 team. No, definitely not. Like, if they play each other today, I think even with all that skill that the 2022 team has, they get bodied and weight roomed by the 2014 team. I think that they they, they don't even let them breathe and, and show them a, a side of the game that, that they didn't even know they had. So, yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. All right, man. So... So there is that we're gonna we're, we'll post this topic on our on our on our Instagram and X. So if you guys want to go ahead and share your thoughts, you can go ahead and throw it in there. Uh, if you guys think the 2022 team has that dog in them, and we're just not knowing what we're talking about, <laughs> we're the old man's yelling at cloud or something. But <laughs> but all right, uh, players of the week. Players of the week is brought to you by In the Clutch. In the Clutch is an amazing apparel company that has partnered with the players' associations of Major League Baseball, Major League Soccer, the National Basketball Association, the National Football League. And, and so much more, man. These shirts are amazing as far as the comfort of the material. They fit nicely. And to quote Kelsey Coyne of High Low Sports, they have passed the fat boy test. And at best of all, it all goes to the players, which that's the most important part of it all. So if you guys go into intheclutch.com, they, you can even search by your own city. If you have a specific team that you want to rep, a specific player you want to rep, you're going to find some stuff on them for sure. Um, and I and I really enjoy it. And it, once again, it goes to a great cause, which is the players once again. Um, if you guys go to InTheClutch.com, use the code, insert name at checkout, you'll save yourself 10% off your entire purchase. InTheClutch.com, thank you so much for being our partner for Players of the Week. Jose, your first player of the week, who is it going to be? Bro, I hate this. I hate this segment. Um, <laughs> I think it's, man, I it it, it has to be Jude. I think it has to be for me. Um, I watched the classical full way through and through. I don't think he his gameplay dominated. It's it's he's literally making his player of the week because of clutch factor. Like that's it. Like he's just as he's the most clutch player in the world right now, and it's not even close. And, this, and for those who don't know me on this show, this is an FC Barca fan talking. I think Jude Bellingham. I think the look, it won't last forever. The luck, will, not the luck, but the clutchness or the form that he's in will run out and. As a Dortmund fan, as, as you know, someone who supports Dortmund in Germany in the Bundesliga, I know this all too well. I loved you to death, but I've seen plenty of moments where we bottled it and we were counting on him for a big performance. Um, but, but at the end of the day, I think with the way you know, Classico, bro, the two moments, right? The cracker from distance where he completely took Ter Stegen at his near post and then um, the craziest cross slash touch from Luka Modric over to a wide open Bellingham in the middle of the box and he megs Ter Stegen on the way in. That is some crazy, I'm in the best form of my life shit. Like, it doesn't happen regularly. You have to tip your hat when it does. This is a Barca fan. 
giving his flowers to the most valuable player on Real Madrid's roster right now. He did it in the biggest game of the season up to this point, El Clasico. It's not the only one. We have at least two more left. I think it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how it pans out. I'm glad this one was good. Uh, and, bro, I'm, I'm expecting – there's a lot of big expectations now on him to keep doing what he's doing. You almost wonder where Madrid would be without him. Uh, but, yeah, man, a lot of pressure on this 22-year-old man. I think he uh, – still a kid in my opinion, but he uh, he did the damn thing against Barca this weekend. So, player of the week. Yeah, it's a, good, it's a pretty good one. I, I approve of it. Um, Edward did send me his player of the week. His player of the week is Eddie Enketia, who scores a hat-trick in Arsenal's 5-0 victory against Sheffield United. You're... Um, so, yeah, I, if there's one thing Edward and me do all the time is that we we go find guys that score hat-tricks. Um, <laughs> or this is this is Edward's legitimate thought process when it comes to picking a player of the week. Once again, he's a, he's a father of twin boys, so... Whenever he has a chance to watch TV, if he can't, then he he just has to look look up scores. Yeah, um, that's fair. That's fair. So if it's not if it's not a hat trick guy, it's definitely so. If Barcelona won, then he's just going to pick the guy to score the goal for the Barcelona game. <laughs> <laughs> well, Which, look, bro. I I rest assured, I watch as many matches as possible. Jude Jude fucking bald. Yeah, it was a, it was a good one. Uh, but Eddie also great performance. Um, bro, Eddie, and then, Eddie balled his ass off actually. Yeah, especially all the criticism that that young man gets for wearing. Do you the think? Do you think, as an Arsenal fan, do you think, do you think Eddie Eddie's just just a little side tangent? Side tangent. Do you think Eddie's, I don't know, going anywhere? Like you mentioned, there's a lot of talk around him, right? Like, do you think he's good enough for Arsenal? Do we keep him or does he move on? I think uh, he's one of those. I think he's in a situation where he's surrounded by so many talented players. I mean, he's also another guy that came up through came up through Arsenal, uh, and I, I think if it was if if there wasn't a Saka, if there wasn't a Smith Rowe who's kind of falling off a little bit, I think he might be the one to get out. But uh, yeah. Um, but I mean, and then you you have Odegaard, a, a super young captain now. Um, but I mean, obviously, and then Martinelli, you know, his stock his stock was rising as well. You have Gabriel Gabriel Jesus is probably like the one reason why we don't see Eddie regularly. Yeah. Um, but then again, it's also Gabriel Jesus, so he you know he loves to get injured. Um, so. I, I don't think I think he's just in one of those unfortunate situations where there's talent clearly ahead of him. Um, but do I think he can by himself do what he's what he would be able to do? Probably not. Um, I'm not saying that he's not ter- he's not ter- he's not good, but he's not great. But he's also not awful, if that makes yeah. any sense. Uh, I think he can get the, he gets the job done. I mean, he's done it time and time again when someone needs to step up and score a goal. Eddie has done a very I think he does a very good job on it. Uh, but is it someone that we're going to see day in day out get those important goals? Cause also let's, let's, let's face it. This is Sheffield. Uh, but uh, I, I think that there's like limits to Eddie, but I think that just comes with confidence. Once he gets regular minutes and once he's realizes that he is like a, a very top can be a potentially a top striker in, in the premier league. Mm-hmm. I think it's potent. There's potential with him. I see something. There's a reason why Arteta keeps him around. Uh, but I think it's just he's in a situation where there's everybody's just world class around him. Yeah. I mean, that hundred K a week that they gave him probably doesn't help in terms of moving him on, but yeah, you know, at the end of the day. Yeah. I agree with you, man. I, I Hopefully we see more of this from Eddie. He justifies his, his place there. Yeah, for sure. All right. My player of the week is Chucky Lozano, who scores a hat trick in PSV's five, two shellacking of Ajax. Um, the last player to score a hat trick against Ajax. 
goes back to the year 2005. Wow. When the sidekick was not even invented yet. Uh, I was going to try <laughs> to flex the sidekick, but that, that that just fell apart for me. No, no, nobody uh, knows what the sidekick is, bro. The Motorola <laughs> Razor was around. <laughs> um, the last player to do it was back in 2005, and the player was Mark Van Bommel. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you know, I will say Chucky Lozano going back to PSV was a big head scratcher move for me. I thought that he would get that next step. I don't know what the, I think people are just disrespecting Chucky Lozano. A lot of people think, Oh, Hector, you're Salvadoran. You must hate Mexico. I don't, I hate the fans. But, uh, That's fair. That's fair, bro. That's fair. Uh, um, so, so I mean, I, what you thought this move was too lateral or what? Or beneath him. I felt like he, he, this guy could play. I think Chucky should be playing in the premier league. Yeah. Uh, or definitely be Edward keeps saying that this guy could be a Barca player, um, which I don't, I don't disagree to. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I got, I, he'd be a player thousand percent. Um, I don't, yeah, he definitely wouldn't start, but I think he, he could definitely be someone that comes off the bench and helps the team in a really big way. Um, well, in terms of just, yeah, playing in a big league, big team. Oh, hundred percent, bro. Yeah. I thought I, the, I thought, the, the rumors LAFC of rumors? him going to LAFC. I, I was like, I want him. I want him in the MLS. I would love to see him in the MLS, but he's just he's 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 got so much ahead of him. I'm always glad that Chucky was able to be one of those few Mexican players that can actually break through from Liga Mekis and and not worry about the threats that the Liga Mekis teams are giving them. Um, but and clearly, it's his career has panned out. He he was amazing at PSV. His first his first stint got the move to Napoli, brings Napoli a championship, and I mean now he's back to PSV and he he just brought them a a I mean. It's not an upset because Ajax is, is god awful, but uh, I don't know what the hell happened with Ajax. But PSV, bro, they're so down bad. It's crazy. PSV is on the trajectory, man, and it's cool because you know Chucky Lozano, Sergino Dest, uh, and Pepe are all over there. Malik Tillman is also over there, yep. so it, it's really cool to see that. Um, but yeah, Chucky Lozano, a player that I highly respect, I have the utmost respect for in, in Mexico. Uh, I mean, the guy had the coolest goal in the World Cup when he scored against Germany. Yep. Uh, so I mean. Yeah, but yeah, those are our players of the week. Jude Bellingham, Eddie Nketiah, and of course, Chucky Lozano. Uh, congratulations for being our players of the week. If you guys go on Instagram or at X, you can, guys can go in and put in another vote to put themselves even further ahead in the Roosevelt Spencer's Player of the Year Award. Um, so, And it's anybody's game right now. Jude Bellingham, if he gets one more vote, could be tied up there with the likes of of a uh, Pedri and Erling Haaland. What a combination there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seriously, seriously. But yeah, so congratulations to them. Um, once again, thank you for in the clutch. Uh, great partner. Go to intheclutch.com. Use that code insert name FC insert name to get uh, a 10% discount. And also congratulations to Lionel Messi. They, he won the Ballon d'Or. Eight Ballon d'Or. So there we go, baby. Number eight. So okay. the contest of the year. So there you go. Uh, I'm sure the I'm sure the MLS isn't gonna have him at the MLS Cup uh presenting the trophy to the fans. I'm, I'm sure that's not gonna happen by any means. There's no way that's gonna not happen. <laughs> so, like, they call MLS, it the Leon the, the Lionel Messi uh uh was it the, the Lionel Messi trophy the <laughs> for the champion in a short time at MLS? That'd be crazy, bro. I'd be like, what? <laughs> Look what Messi did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. All right, guys, you guys know there's another great slate of games coming up this weekend. Uh, before we get to the big leagues that we normally talk about, to the other leagues, which is kind of disrespectful right now, but Boca Jr. versus Fluminense for the Copa Libertadores final. This is the matchup. 
Edson Cavani taking on Marcelo. This is going to be a good one, a juicy one. Make sure you guys, if you guys, I believe it's on BN Sports. So if you guys have BN Sports, make sure you guys go check that out. It's going to be a really good one. Um, also in Turkey, we got Fenerbahce taking on Trabzonspor. Uh, Fenerbahce, obviously, right now the standard, one of the standards of the Turkish league. Though Galatasaray, I think, has yet to have received a loss. So, but some good games in Turkey. That's a big round over there. And, and and in Brazil, I know they're not competing for the Copa Libertadores, but Palmeiras taking on Atletico PR over there. Also a really good matchup over there in Brazil. MLS, I mean, we've been talking about it this episode, MLS Cup playoffs. It's going to be the second the game twos of, Jesus Christ, of this round one series. Um, so we'll see who gets eliminated or who who keep, who keep fights for another day. We'll see what happens there. Yep. Uh, Liga Mekis. We're getting closer and closer to decision day. It's actually going to be 12th of November, uh, but we do have some big important matches as Tigres takes on Atletico San Luis, which I still can't believe they're in a playoff position, but they are. Are they um, where San Luis is? Yep. Wow. That's, yep. That says something. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> uh, so, and then Santos Laguna taking on uh, Mai Toluca, who I'm sure is not going to choke away anything this year like they always <laughs> I don't know how I picked Toluca, man. I'm not even Mexican, but I was like, I don't oh, know. that's cool. <laughs> I mean, Toluca's branding and their colors. I mean, if you're, especially if you're a big red guy, like, yeah, I, I can see it back in it's, the day. It, I it mean, was Jose Cardozo. It was Jose Cardozo. Was it that what it was? Yeah, yeah it was exactly that. <laughs> I don't know, bro. I mean, I'm not the Toluca guy, so yeah, couldn't tell you. In uh, League 1, we got Marcial taking on Lil. Um, and Leon, who is still yet to record a win, is taking on Mets. Bro, I think, they're down. They're down bad, right? How many points they have right now? They only they have. Own. I think they only have one, one draw. Oh my god! They have yet to have won a game, and then they lucked out, in my opinion, because uh, Leon and Marcial were supposed to play this past weekend, and someone attacked their bus, so they had to cancel the game. What? Which is prime league one. Prime league on fan fan <laughs> debauchery right there. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, Fabio Grosso got hit with a stone, didn't he? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah bro, that shit's crazy. <laughs> so I think Leon can, you know, Leon, they're probably gonna lose to Marcial, but uh, <laughs> I'm really contemplating on making a jersey bet with Leon, uh, staying <laughs> staying in the in league on. But I'm I'm not gonna do it. It's not a big big enough league for me. <laughs> if they were to get relegated from league on, which is already a hell of a farmers league, I don't. I don't know where you go from there. As a Leon fan, I mean, bro, that we think United fans are down bad. That's a that's reached a whole new level if that happens. I mean, they already had the moment where the fans uh yelled at them through an intercom. Uh so <laughs> it's a uh, I remember that. Leon's down bad, bro. Leon yeah. is down bad. Um yeah. that's for sure. Uh in the Bundesliga, we got Borussia Dortmund taking on Bayern Munich. Uh Der Klassiker. Singing bet is on the line. Mm. Uh here, Edward and Spencer taking on me. Um, Edward and Spencer are both supporting Borussia Dortmund, and yes, I'm the asshole that for Bayern Munich. <laughs> <laughs> um, but singing beds on the line, Edward is very much down bad. Speaking of down bad, Edward's down bad because he is last place, and me and Spencer are still battling out for first. So tough. So Edward, Edward definitely needs this. I definitely need this, and more importantly, Spencer also needs this. So, <laughs> <laughs> so any this is anybody's game right now. Um, Maybe Bayern Munich got tired of scoring goals. Maybe that I'm going to say something positive for Edward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and also Hoffenheim taking on Bayer Leverkusen. I think that's going to be a really underrated matchup. Um, if you guys don't watch, I, I always try to recommend other teams, not the big names, just so you guys can 
see that there's other teams besides the big names, but I get it. <laughs> um, Leverkusen's real season this season, though. I mean, they're if you if you Shabby haven't Alonso, tuned into man. the Bundesliga and watched them, go fucking watch it, man. They're Shabby Alonso has that team moving mad right now. I think that that they're, they're probably one of the most slept on teams in all of Europe. I'm legitimately the Randy Marsh meme uh, of him sitting by his computer, just thinking about him going to Real Madrid. <laughs> um, so good times. So that's just that's just me right now. Uh, <laughs> in the Serie A, we got Atalanta taking on Inter Milan and Fiorentina taking on Juventus. So some other good match. I mean, this is the big the big teams. So, I mean, I can't do yeah. anything about that one. Yeah, those are big teams. Uh, in La Liga, we got Real Sociedad taking on Barcelona. Barcelona <sighs> needs a bounce back. Uh, yeah. Real so- Sociedad, I think Kubo's gone. It's still out. So. So but still, that. still a good team. Still a good team, and I think that you know they 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 give us shit every year, um, and gives us a struggle every year. I mean, we'll we'll you'll usually win, but it's 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 not with without like a ton of fucking fights. So big yeah, game. Sure. I mean, if you're a Real Sociedad fan, at least you're not Sevilla. So I mean, at least there's facts, that. bro. Facts. <laughs> uh, and then also Suna taking on Girona. If you guys don't remember, Girona at one point was leading the La Liga. At one point, obviously Real Madrid ruined that for them, uh, but. Yeah, uh, if you guys don't know, Girona is also owned by Manchester City. Uh, so so check that out. Osasuna is one of those teams that me and Edward both agree that gives us massive headaches. Uh, for some reason, they always play. They always show out against our teams, and I hate it. It's like <laughs> it, it's like it's no, not even Celta Vigo anymore. They're terrible. Um, Getafe. Getafe is the team that tortures oh, me the most. God, they play and, the worst brand of football in the world, too. Yeah, and Edward used to say Espanol, but thank God they got relegated. Yeah, um, thank God they got really good. Move on. <laughs> and in the English Premier League, we got the new money, Newcastle United. I believe this is now where Central tonight might be facing a, a suspension right now. Can't don't quote me on that one. Yeah, but, we don't know yet. But Newcastle United will be taking on Arsenal. Still be a pretty good matchup, I think. And no, uh, a huge matchup. Speaking about teams that are down bad, uh, Fulham <laughs> taking on Manchester United. <laughs> Manchester United. This is this is your time. This is the McTominay game right here. It's just like Bro, realistically though, realistically though. <laughs> like what happens? What happens if Fulham wins? What happens? Ooh, this man. is a team that got do, kind of picked up by label, Chelsea. Do I label it as a loser leaves town game? I mean, not for Fulham. I think full the Fulham the standard is their standard, but I mean for Manchester, yeah, this is a this this is like a potential firing game. I would say that at the least, or at least someone's getting someone's getting the axe. Is it Ten Hag, or maybe James Sandra continues being shunned? I don't know, um, but <laughs> I don't know, bro. It, it, I don't know. I'm I'm really curious. I'm asking every person who has an opinion on Manchester United because I think some something crazy will happen if United go down. If the only team they would have beaten in October would have been like FC Copenhagen, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Uh, and I guess technically Brentford in the first week of the month, but they had to do it in stoppage time. I don't know. If they lose to a Fulham team who has already been proven to be beatable by a number of teams. I think Arsenal did tie them. That was like the second game of the season. I get it. But they just got picked apart by 10th place Chelsea or whatever place Chelsea's in. Um, I don't know, man. If United lose to Fulham, I think there's I, real questions. I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's a loser leave town. I think what I would say is this is Manchester United's last shot to prove that they're not a banter club. I think that's what it is. I think that's what's at stake now. Because if you lose to Fulham, I'm sorry, you're Manchester United. Like it's, it's <laughs> that's just what you are. Unfortunately, you're right there next to Chelsea. Like you're you're just Oof. as down bad as Chelsea is. Um, I, at least that's where I'm going to throw it out there. Because I mean, 
you should beat Fulham. I say should, but sometimes it doesn't happen that way. But mm, I, don't I know, think, man. yeah, I think this is this is this is where the banter title comes in. So that's what they're playing for. That's what that's what's on on the line. Let's are go. you or are you not a banter club? Uh, so I think that's what it is. I mean, you can yeah. if you don't if you disagree, you can. Spoiler alert: the answer is yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> but yeah. So obviously, man. These are just a few games. There's a lot of games going on this weekend. But if you guys don't know what to look after, this is a good beginner's guide if you guys are getting into football. Or maybe you just maybe you're Edward that has twin boys and you just need some help. So hell yeah. Absolutely. Go check them out, man. And there's so much. And now until now, obviously that's international break. There's gonna be a ton of amazing footing. Exactly, exactly. So um, so that is it for that one. And then we're gonna take one more break. This is it for Jose. And then I'll go ahead and wrap this show up. But before we do, obviously, Jose, this is your chance to go ahead and do some shamelessly plugging. Yeah, bro, absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And uh, and look, man, I'm 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 down to come back whenever. I think this show's awesome. I I feel like I watch, I I bleed for this sport. I watch it every weekend on my couch. It's all I do. I think with my with my newborn son, and it's it's I love it. It's the best part of my week. Uh, but I never really get a time to give my opinions, right? So like, I think you know the way you guys do this show, I love it. I'm always down to come back. But as far as like the shout out, man, thank you for anybody who supports not just insert name FC, but specifically goals TV. Um, they're one of the many shows, high quality uh, shows that are on the platform, whether you're someone who loves Manchester United. And if you do, bro, I'm sorry. Times will get better. Hang in there. Um, Premier League, La Liga, MLS, USL, whatever it may be, regardless of the leagues that you follow, regardless of who your hometown club is, we probably have some content up on the platform. We always say we're trying to be the Hulu or the Netflix of soccer, but really at the end of the day, we're just trying to create something that's led by independent content creators who know ball and this game better than anybody else on this side of the world. That's what we're trying to build. So if that's your shtick, if that sounds like fun to you and you want to discover the next insert name FC, you want to discover another your, another, your next favorite show out there, head to goals.tv. It's got a very YouTube-like feel to it right about now, and I got pretty confident you're going to find something that you like. There you go, man. So thank you, Jose. Uh, I know you got a newborn waiting for you, man. So one, congratulations. Thank you, brother. Uh, I appreciate that. I appreciate that, man. Thanks for having me on. Bring me back in any time, man. I'm serious. Of course, of course, man. All right, brother. Let me tell you guys about Belly Up Sports. Belly Up Sports is the internet sports bar. Go ahead and check out the website, www.bellyupsports.com to read some great articles from great writers all across the country from hockey, baseball, golf, soccer, you name it. Belly Up Sports is the premier, not your average website. And we're back. Uh, first off, obviously, I want to thank Jose for coming in and stepping in for Edward. Um, you know, like I said, when it comes to these end of the end of the month uh, periods, Edward just isn't available to come in. And his schedule is pretty hectic as it is. Like I've said it plenty of times before, uh, being that he's a single single father of twin boys. So um, Mondays are literally days that he's only able to record, which is why we only record our episodes on Monday. Um, if people kind of wonder what's our logic behind why we drop episodes on Fridays when we record on Mondays. Um, but yeah, so first of all, obviously, thank you to Jose for coming in and stepping in. And I think uh, really awesome just person to talk to. Uh, um, you know, obviously likes to talk ball and uh, brings a different perspective. And I, so it was really fun. It was a great, I, honestly, really good show uh, from from just having someone come in and step in like that. 
Um, so definitely we're going to try to see if we can have more episodes where Jose's in it. Um, maybe even have him and Kelsey come on a few times together because Kelsey is definitely another person that we, we like having on the show. Definitely going to try to get Kelsey back on at some, at some point when he's available. But um, my closing thought, um, I, I, here's, here's the thing. So obviously before, you know, while we were recording, the, while we were recording this episode, uh, it was announced that Lionel Messi won his eighth fall in the war. And I really, I'm, I'm really just going to save anything that I have for Messi winning the ball in the war for next week's episode, because uh, especially to have Edward, Edward share his thoughts on it as well. Um, and I mean, it's not like I'm at, I'm against it. I think, respectively so Messi does deserve to have this ball in the war. Um but at least the logic is there. I, I mean obviously you guys know that uh, once again I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into deep with that one because obviously like I said that's that's gonna be a topic for, for next episode. Uh but um so I'm not gonna address that right now. But you know what I will say um my closing thoughts will be about the ball in the war. Um, not necessarily about Messi winning the ball d'Or, but just the ball d'Or. Um, I I think in general, just any award that is opinion based, because you know, I, I'm gonna I'll argue sometimes that maybe it's not all it's not always the best player that wins the best player award. Um, I mean, if you go back to 2020, Robert Lewandowski should have gotten that award. Um, I know. Balnor ended up uh, canceling that year, uh, but obviously, you know, Robert Lewandowski had a really good year in 2020, and, and then 2021, okay, Robert Lewandowski didn't have as good of a year, but he did still have a pretty good year nonetheless, um, but obviously, Messi ended up winning that one, but I'm just going to say in general, things that, like, involve a media vote, uh, it, it's really difficult to really justify it, if, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not sitting here and telling you, kind of similar to it, here in the U.S. where we have the Hall of Fame, uh, the Hall of Fame for the NBA, NFL, MLB, like whatever you want to, wherever Hall of Fame you want to think of. It's a it's an interesting place as well, because I feel that maybe some people will think, especially of the people that are available, that are not uh, not available, uh, that are qualified to be nominated for the Hall of Fame. Um, and it, when you look at some of these lists, you think of, yeah, man, that guy's got to be in the Hall of Fame. The guy's clearly in the Hall of Fame. And, and then you have to remember who selects the Hall of Famers. And um, it, there is a correlation between this and the ball and the order, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick to things specifically voted on by media. And, and I know a lot of people criticize media for the fact that most of them never played and uh, don't really understand all that comes into playing a game, especially at a professional level. And uh, and I think kind of going into talking about, like, the Hall of Fames for here in the U.S. when it comes to NFL, MLB, or NBA, um, it's hard. It's very frustrating, especially when, for instance, Barry Bonds, I think someone, across everyone across America will all agree Barry Bonds is, in fact, a Hall of Famer. He's one of the greatest hitters of all time. Uh, one of you know the the notion of of him being involved with the steroid era of baseball, which is the argument why Barry Bonds doesn't get 
uh, put into the Hall of Fame is for the steroid era. But then you still had plenty of guys that were from the steroid era still in the Hall of Fame. So and and I would argue a lot of people that are big baseball fans like myself, the steroid era was one of the best <laughs> eras of baseball because of just so many home runs that were being hit. Obviously, we didn't know about the steroids, but it made baseball fun. Um, and and it's just it's kind of it, it goes. But once again, like these writers, they kind of pick and choose uh, how they want to go about it. And I think the thing that especially with the Barry Bonds situation is because Barry Bonds never admitted to steroids they just keep saying that he he used steroids because of look how he look how he looks then look how he looks now you know kind of like showing like the muscle mass that he gained uh at one point in his career the his you know his size his, you know the the change in size that uh Barry Bonds had um at one point in his career and they're like clearly he's doing steroids but once again uh he never popped and at least as far as I know he never pops and um he never he never admitted to it. So for all I know, he's he never did steroids. Uh, at least that's my thought. But it kind of once again it goes back to like the writers. Um, but the, it's it's just weird how like writers writers that have never played the game have such control on something as as iconic as a Hall of Fame. And uh, and, and kind of going with the NFL like Terrell Owens. Um, if you guys don't know, Terrell Owens was a wide receiver, played for the 49ers, played for the Eagles. Uh, played for the Dallas Cowboys, but just truly probably one of the best wide receivers ever to have played the game. Um, he was on the cover of 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 uh, you know NFL 2K, uh, one of the 2K series. I, I think specifically, I think that was my favorite football game actually. Um, but you know, dude, dude was a legend. Dude was goaded. Like this guy, this guy competed in a Super Bowl with a with an injured shin. I don't know if it was broken or not, but I know it was. He was injured and still played. And so, and had a pretty good game too. I mean, they still lost the Super Bowl, but he was—he was not the reason. And um, and and like you know, he eventually did, did, does get put into the Hall of Fame, but it took so long to put him in there. I'm not saying he should have been a first ballot Hall of Famer by any means. I didn't—I didn't think once he was qualified for Hall of Fame that you know immediately put him in. But he's definitely deserving of the right to be a Hall of Famer. Which I mean, like I said, eventually he did, but it was because after getting prep. I think the media got a lot of pressure from everywhere else as to why the hell is this guy not in the Hall of Fame? And I think that's when they decided, okay, let's put him in the Hall of Fame. And um, so, like, I think for me, it's just that one of those things that, like, it's it's really bizarre to me, especially when we're talking about Hall of Fame, that the media has a say on who this – and I, I, I think that there are certain media people that do deserve to have a vote in it, but I think that, in my opinion, the Hall of Fame should be voted amongst Hall of Famers. Because, I mean, who who better to tell who's worthy of being in the Hall of Fame than someone that has played the game and clearly has played it at the highest level possible to be notified, noticed as a Hall of Famer. And um, that's always been my thing, uh, my opinion on that one. But, like, because there's always guys that always play athletes that get overlooked because of how they treat the media, which, I mean, I get that that could be probably an issue as well. But, like, be, just because you're not uh you don't give these the writers the 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 red carpet treatment in your interviews um that's the reason why they'll vote you off because they say that you're not the complete package which you know when the hell did talking have to do do with being a an, an elite an, an elite athlete and so it it's it that's what was interesting to me and and so it kind of goes back to the ball north um 
because if I'm saying all this stuff about the Hall of Fame, which it, at one point, I mean, aside from them being elite athletes, it's also kind of a popularity contest. How popular were you with the media is going to dictate whether or not you're a first ballot Hall of Famer or it, it's going to take your your eighth time of eligibility to finally get put into the Hall of Fame. And and that, I think sometimes that's what it is with the ball and or. Um, I I do think that, you know, base, I, I essentially believe every player that gets that's up up for the nom- nomination list is worthy of being a ball and or winner. But obviously, you know, that's why me and ever once that list comes out, we look at that list and then we start picking our top three and uh, and we don't. And, and, you know, obviously, and we go by the logic of it because the ball and or at least now that it goes by the season, not by the year, but by the season. Um, it, it, you know, it goes off of how you did in club. And I understand like the logic, uh, the, the argument versus Messi, um, because of, you know, maybe he didn't have exactly the best, uh, season with PSG, but nonetheless, he was still in the world cup. And I don't think his, his numbers from PSG hurt him too much. That's as far as I'm going to go with my, with my opinion on Messi getting the ball door. Uh, but there is a popularity contest, and I go back to 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 2021 when uh, when Messi was that 20, yeah I think it was 20 yeah 2021 because uh, Benzema won 20 yeah yeah Benzema won in 2022. Um, I, I don't know if necessarily if Messi had the the better year. I I would have to look back at that year, but. You know, obviously the French me- and it's the French media that votes for this. It's not. It's not a. Uh, I I I won't narrow it down to French media, but I'll just say it's something that the media votes again for. Um, and obviously Messi being the front runner for the most ball doors, it's it's definitely a topic of conversation. But um, but yeah, I think I think the thing with with me is just that uh. Me and Edward were surprised. You know, we we go off of what happened that year, how they performed that year, and um, and sometimes we also mentioned I wouldn't be surprised if this person does it. And I think me and Edward both were both on that same bandwagon when it came to Messi, where we were like, it's it's probably going to be Messi, it's most likely going to be Messi. Um, but it was because of the fact that the, the World Cup, the World Cup was such a big factor, and I don't, and uh, you know. But anyways, like I said, we'll talk about that next episode, but. I just gotta say, like any anything that involves like media voting, or it's gonna be viewed as a popularity contest. That so, and and this isn't sanctioned by FIFA. Um, I I want I want that to be clarified. I don't. This isn't a FIFA award. We also we obviously do have the the FIFA Player of the Year award that doesn't get uh of high of higher notice as the Ballon d'Or does. But it, I I think that that probably should trump the bond org because you're talking about the fifa player of the year the you know the best player among in fifa in in the entire federation of the game um but but uh I, you know i think it's just the prestige that has now come all the names that have ever won the bond or is, is the reason why um but i just gotta say man i think it's always going to be opinion based when you, when something's opinion based it's always not going to end well just in general like it, that's and that's not just saying specifically towards sports in general anything that is opinion based um something as simple as my the 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 tiktok videos i do when i do a blind top 10 people are going to get mad because 
you know, I put someone over, you know, I put someone at at the bottom uh, at some at some number that they felt that they should be higher, and it's just like it's a blind top ten. I literally don't know who's coming, like who's coming up. Um, so it's just one of those things where it's kind of funny. Um, the reaction that I get, people that really do get very angry that I do a blind top ten. But once again, it goes back to being having an opinion on it, opinion based, like. There's guys that I think are better than somebody else. I have my biases. I'm a Real Madrid fan. So, of course, any player from Real Madrid, I'm going to put on top of somebody else. Um, and, and I think that that's like, I think that's, a, I think at the end of the day, that's something that we have to start like learning and understanding is that opinion, things that are opinion based is never going to be like overall agreed on. Because once again, everyone has their opinions. Everyone has their biases. And, and it's not like not no one's going to be 100 percent able to get everybody's approval from something as simple as picking the player of the year or picking a Hall of Famer or making a top 10 list or a top five list. You know, it's it's just not going to happen ever. It's it's just not it, it's that's just the way it's going to be. Um. So. So, yeah, just wanted to sh- uh, put that out there. Um. You know, just it's an opinion. It's never going to be uh, what you like because it's on the person who, you know, is making whatever uh, opinion made. And so, so that's all I got to say, man. Take, take So take things with an opinion with a grain of salt is the is the moral of this closing thought of mine. But all right, guys, uh, thank you for listening to episode 150. Uh, another big milestone, I guess, at this point. Um, but yeah, so thank you for another another great fifty episodes, and let's let's go go for another another fifty to get to two hundred. Um, but I want to give a shout out to the Belly Up Podcast Network. Check them out, bellyupsports.com. A lot of great articles that are being written over there. Go and check it out. Uh, also follow them on Instagram and X at Belly Up Media and at Belly Up Sports. You'll get the updates on any articles that are being posted, any special podcast, any special live shows that the that Belly Up is going to be doing. You can go get be informed over there. Uh, shout out to Gold TV, man. You you got to meet the man in charge of of Gold TV, Jose Tejas, man. The man has a really great vision, man, uh, and that's why we're so excited to be part of of all this that's going on, man. Uh, check him out at goals g o l z dot tv. That's how you go. Subscription is free right now, so go ahead and check it out. It's really easy to go to you know to navigate through that website. Uh, so check it out. Follow them also on Instagram at goals g o l z dot tv. Um, at golz.tv and on the X or Twitter, if you guys don't know that that's X now, at golz underscore TV. Once again, at golz underscore TV. And of course, I can't, I cannot not shout out this person. Um, if you guys listen to the intros and outros of our episodes, if you guys hear us perform our singing beds, um, it's because of this guy. This guy goes above and beyond for me and Edward. And, um, we thank him so much, man. Right now, obviously, his life's gotten a lot busier. Um, now moving to Seattle, that's why I kind of took over as as to edit these episodes. Um, but still, the beats are all all Spencer, so I'm always gonna give props to Spencer for that. Um, we love Spencer so much, man. We, you know, he came into this journey with us, and we're always gonna show our love for him. We always help him out with with uh, stepping up on his jersey game. He's a he's an Atletico Madrid fan now. Um, and he loves Man City, he loves Borussia Dortmund, um, loves Atlanta United. Um, so, you know, if you guys love our beats, love the intros and outros that we have, 
Well, follow him on Instagram at that guy dope. Once again, at that guy dope. If you guys need some beat work done for you guys, whether you guys have a podcast, whether you guys have a YouTube channel, or you're trying to get into the music industry, well, hit up Spencer, man. So he'll he'll take really good care of you. I promise you that. He's very good at at, at being being a hundred percent with you. Um, he's very transparent, and he will make sure that he gives you an amazing beat. So once again, follow him on Instagram at that guy dope at that guy dope. Shoot him a message right there. Uh, thank you so much. Episode 150. Uh, I think this is definitely up there for one of the best episodes that we've ever done. And uh, catch us next week for episode 151, where we're definitely going to be talking about the ball noir and maybe some other crazy soccer topics as well. So thank you so much for listening. Catch us next week. Take care, guys. Yeah.